We're curating an interconnected collection of craps and classics spanning the history of cinema. Each week's film is connected to the last by a single cast member, and so it continues forever, or until we can't be asked anymore. This week's film is... Backdraft. How's it going, George? I'm good, thanks, Dan. How are you doing? You good, mate? Very well, mate. This is uh, the first time in a while that um, I'm recording uh, somewhere other than the studio. I know, obviously, you've been home recording for a while now, but um, I've kind of been back in the office for the last couple of months, but I'm in my bedroom now recording this. Yeah, I mean, we were just saying just before we started recording, didn't we, that it seems like it's got like a hell of a lot more serious again in the last few weeks because of the number of deaths and things. So, you know, even someone like you who works in like quite a distance office, you're even working from home too now. So yep. it's, um, yeah, it's pretty serious. Isn't yeah, it? no recording going on in the, our studio at the moment. So uh, I'm on my Todd. I've brought all the equipment home and uh, here we are. Let's, let's see if we can do it. It's no different for you because uh, you've been doing it for a while. That's it. I'm getting quite used to it in my bedroom, mm. in my pajamas. Like, <laughs> you know, what I mean, it's quite chilled out and things. Um, but I do miss, like, uh, you know, doing it with you in a studio because doing this podcast was the first time I've done anything like this before, and um, it is nice to be able, be able to see you sort of like opposite me, bounce off each other, have a laugh and things. So, although this is fine and it's comfy and it's nice and warm and that, I do miss sort of being in the studio. Yeah, it's not the same, is it? Uh, but it won't be long, mate. Let's hope people stick to the rules this time around and uh, we we get get a bit further down the line with the vaccines. Yeah, I personally am feeling really positive about the whole thing. I really am. We've got a vaccine which has taken, I don't know how long, but it's been quick. And I just think it's unbelievable how they've done something that quick and that important. And these people should be like the most famous people in the world. They're like saving the world. Yeah. And um, I just, yeah, I feel quite confident about it. Let's get the vaccine into everyone's arms and let's get on with life, you know? It's yes. going to be all right. <laughs> Positivity. Let's get this done. That's it. Let's, let's get, get done. virus done. Yeah. <laughs> let's and get, then let's get COVID done. Countless, let's get COVID done. And then we can watch countless movies all about the COVID pandemic. Yeah. <laughs> And uh, seamless link time. Uh, speaking of watching countless movies, what movies have you seen this week, mate? Seen anything good this week? <laughs> um, yeah. So um, amongst other things, I did watch a couple of things that um, stuck out as being I, I thought really, really good. Um, the first one was a movie called Silver Linings Playbook. Have you seen it? Yes. Yeah. Did you like it? Yes, I did. Yeah, very good. Oh, I thought it was so good. Um, so you'll know, but for anyone who hasn't seen it, it's about like mental illness. It's about a guy who comes out of a mental institution back into his um, back to his parents, back to his normal life. And um, that's played by oh, Bradley Cooper. Yeah. And he like, he plays it so well. Like he doesn't ham up the like mental illness aspect of it. He just, he plays it as I imagine someone with mental illness, you know, might act and, you know, might behave. So that was good. And then he has a love interest, which is played by um, Jennifer Lawrence. And again, she plays it perfectly as well. You know, she's, she's, you know, a fully functioning normal person, but just bubbling under the surface is like, you know, a hint of like mental illness and together they're just hilarious and, you know, like electric and they've got a lot of chemistry and um yeah i just i shoved it on the other night not expecting much and after watching it i was blown away i thought it was so good i proper enjoyed it yeah it's like an alternative kind of romance isn't it it's something you don't usually see like uh, a romantic film uh with uh you know people suffering from mental illnesses at the, at the core of it um uh yeah i really enjoyed it i haven't seen it for a while actually since it came out i think i saw it at the cinema um so yeah i might revisit that 
yeah, really, really good. I uh, I thoroughly enjoyed that. And the second thing that I watched, which which is something that has been on my list for a while, and um, it just so happened to appear on Netflix in the uh, top ten or in the sort of like latest category. So I thought, oh, I'll give that a watch. And it was, I know you've seen it. It was the 2012 uh, Dread film. Yes, yeah. Oh, it's so good. Is it first time seeing it? First time seeing it, oh, which is wow. really bad because. I um I love that like world. I don't know a lot about it, but I saw the the original Judge Dredd film, and I'm not well. I'm like one of the only people that actually seem to like quite like it. I quite <laughs> like the first Dredd film. I know it's terrible, but I quite liked it. And um anyway, I quite like that whole world, that whole like mega city. You know, I'm sort of into like cyberpunk and you know Blade Runner and all that. So um anyway, put on Dredd. And straight away, I was loving it. You know, like the the mega city looked really, really cool. And uh, they did something clever with this new Dread movie: is that they um, they set the whole film in in one uh, sort of apartment block, didn't they? They locked it down. Yeah, I think it came in. Um, it came in like very closely to the the film The Raid. Um, have you seen that? Yes, I've seen The Raid. It, it did remind me of it a yeah. lot. Um, the fact that they have to you know get almost from the bottom to the top, or they have to escape, or whatever, and. Basically, I just thought it was such a good like action romp. It was just a lot of fun, really, really gory. Um, you know, yeah. the baddie, she was played by the girl who plays um, Cersei in, in Game of Thrones. Yeah, that's and right. She was like so evil in this film, you know, and just so like conniving and just horrible and just everything worked. And I just thought it was a lot of fun, an hour and a half of just pure uh, violence and, and futuristic dystopian future fun. So, um, yeah, a really, really good watch, mate. Oh, glad you like that, mate. Cause, uh, I, I know we've spoken about it a couple of times and I said you would. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad I know you enough to know you'd like it. Oh yeah. Really, really enjoyed it. So that's me, mate. Um, what about you? What have you been watching? Have you seen anything good or something terrible or what? <laughs> yeah. A couple of, um, updates. Uh, obviously we set some, uh, new year's resolutions last week, uh, new year film resolutions. And, uh, one of my, be. yeah, one of mine was to work through the poster that you uh, got me for Christmas. Uh, the, yeah. the same poster you've got the hundred bucket list films. Um, yeah. uh, I've ticked one of them off this week, uh, uh, which I was happy to do. I'm going to try and aim for at least one a week. Um, so this, uh, week I watched Dr. Strangelove or how I learned to stop worrying and love the bomb. <laughs> what a catty title <laughs> yeah. Whew, it's hard and what did you think dad i loved it mate i really really enjoyed it i thought it was really funny um i was worried that the the humor wouldn't um wouldn't stand the test of time but it's just so silly uh, and I, I love the fact they're just playing on the whole paranoia of the world at the time and the silliness of this one-upmanship of these two like great powerhouse nuclear countries and uh just how through red tape and things falling over and human error this basically nuclear apocalypse happens um i just thought it was great i i really did enjoy it and um i don't think i ever because I, I mentioned there's a few on there that i know i've seen um but i wanted to revisit this is one of those um and there's a lot of the second half i don't remember any of so i'm wondering whether i only watched half of it before um but i i was i was really uh, really impressed by it and i can see why it's uh, gone down as a as a classic it, it interested me that actually i've never obviously St stanley kubrick isn't known for his comedy um although i would say parts of full metal jacket make me laugh mad off uh, mm. in the first half anyway um uh but uh he originally intended this not to be a comedy 
And um, oh wow, it was, so it was meant to be sort of really serious. Yeah, and it was only when he was writing some of the scenes he thought this is this is quite farcical and and uh, amusing. So he got in a comedy writer to help him uh, finish off the script. Um, and that kind of that kind of shows, I think, a little bit because he, he, there's some bits that are set up relatively seriously, but oh, it's funny. And and I I just think that um, Peter Sellers is incredible in it, and uh, uh, you can see why he became a bit of a comedy legend as well. And what really really stood out to me is this is how you play multiple characters and how you play over the top silly characters like dr strange loves ridiculous it just shows you that's what mike myers was aiming for and didn't quite hit yeah i think it takes a special breed doesn't it to be able to, to be able to do what he did in that film and yeah. um yeah it, it does a really really good job like you say dr strange loves just absolutely mental isn't he like he's some like got these glasses on the wheelchair some funny old accent <laughs> yeah you, you saw it quite recently didn't you yeah, I did. The exact same thing as what you said. I was really surprised at how funny I found it. I thought I was going to watch it. Probably, I was probably going to understand why it was funny back in the day, but go, yeah, it, it doesn't really work now, but it's the total opposite. It's yeah. hilarious. Like, the absurdity. And I think, as time goes on, maybe it's becoming... It's coming back around it's more relevant because i look at the world sometimes a little bit like they do in dr strange love and think oh my god what is going on yeah. this is just laughable and it's a bit like that isn't it yeah just just it keeps like it gets worse and worse and worse at every step yeah we could do this but this oh no but that and then it ends up like you know there's this fail safe doomsday device that blows up if any <laughs> anything goes off so oh uh, it's I mean, my favorite character actually and it is um the group captain lionel mandrake you know the terribly english guys peter sellers plays um yeah i just i just thought he was great him trying to stay calm with this absolute maniac and persuade him to hand over the uh the code um uh, yeah i just thought that was great uh i also enjoyed seeing james l jones in his younger years in it Do you know i didn't spot james l jones in it oh was he sorry was he a, a pilot in a plane yeah he was in the plane he wasn't a pilot but he was one of, he was he was part of the the air force and he was uh that was yeah, I think he was like one of the techie guys down below. I don't exactly know what he was. Um, he's Lieutenant Luther Zog, according to IMDb. Um, but Zog. yeah, it's a great scene because I've never seen him as a younger man. Um, and he still had that really deep baritone voice in this. So that, that, was, that was nice to see. Um, other than that, I had a pleasant surprise yesterday. My other half, as we've spoken about before, isn't massively into films. Um and is quite na- has a quite narrow field of films she's willing to sit down and watch. But just randomly yesterday, my, my boy was playing um, uh, a Batman game on the computer, and uh, she just said to me, oh, "I really fancy watching a film with a Joker in it." And I was like, "What? <gasps> what <laughs> I was, legend?" I was like, "Okay." And I was, and she was like, "You know, maybe that one with Harlequin." And I was like, "No, no, 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 no. Uh, let, let's watch The Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> let's watch The Dark Knight." So we sat down and watched The Dark Knight last night. Uh, she, she's seen it before, but only once and a long time ago. And oh, it's good to see that film again. It's good to see that film. And what did Casmig? Did she enjoy it the second time around? Yeah, she loved it. Yes. Yeah, she really enjoyed it. Love it. Um, his okay. it, yeah, th- that performance from Heath Ledger. I know it's a bit of a cliche to talk about, but it, it, every time I see it, I'm just like, "Fuck me, that's good." Yeah, every time you see it, I bet you see new things in it because it's just amazing. My, do you know my favorite bit of that whole movie is the first like five minutes. I just 
fucking yeah. love that bit. There's the whole setup of shooting his own men yeah. um, to get, you know, and I love the way that they're talking between each other. Like, oh, did you hear about this guy? He's yeah. fast, blah, blah, blah. And then he's like, yeah, I did. Bang, shoots him. And then like, I just love it how it was down to like one other guy and then he shoots him and then he drives off. Oh, it's so cool. It just reminds me of some of my favourite films like uh, Heat and Point Break, that first bit with the masks. And it's very, it's shot very similar, similarly to Heat. Um, and but then it turns into like like a comic book film, um, which is just great. Yeah, the fact that he gets everybody to kill each other and then shoots that guy in that whole scene with uh, Fickner, William Fickner, and he simply makes you stranger. And the, the Hans Zimmer music <laughs> kicks in, and it, oh, it's so good. Um, yeah, my my favorite one of my favorite scenes of his is uh, when he walks into the the kitchen where all the uh, the uh, mob are, are meeting up and. Uh, does the magic trick with a pencil oh that's amazing <laughs> because it's one of those perfect things where um you don't actually see it no. but you see everything you need to know yeah. to know what happened it's just disgusting but you don't see it. it's really clever but also i love how how they turn from mocking him to fearing him and he's walking in laughing like a maniac and they all just think he's an absolute loon and he he's actually slowly slowly actually introducing a bit of terror to them uh, to these people the only person they're scared of usually is batman um and now there's this other guy walking around with makeup all over his face you know in a purple cheap purple suit as he said um uh yeah here's uh, every scene with him and it's such a shame uh that they never get to explore that character again because i know that could have been a possibility but also it's also nice to kind of have a perfect perfect performance and just leave it and and not sully it yeah I, I know exactly what you mean and um you know we'll just always look back and just think wow like you know what an actor what a high point and just oh it is so so good one scene i love i think loads of people love this scene but is the more i see it and the more videos i've watched about this scene it just gets better and better and it's that whole like nurse's outfit bomb <laughs> one take like it is just so good that bit where it doesn't go off and he's looking at it and all that yeah. like, just like it's such good acting isn't it the interrogation scene as well i mean we're just naming all the scenes with joker in it at this time <laughs> uh but yeah the interrogation scene and the bit where he's uh asking the cop how many of my friends did uh, did I, how many of your friends did i kill and uh, and the guy, I think he says like twenty or something, and then uh, Joker just like mimes himself twenty. <laughs> oh, it's mad! Yeah. Absolutely mad! Oh, you know, it's so good. Um, one thing about that movie, I mean, I, I guess that this is the way they were trying to do it, but everyone is like sort of rooting for the Joker, and Batman comes across as so boring to me. Yeah. Um, maybe it's because he is boring, or maybe it's because the Joker is just so interesting. But when I watch that film, I just want to see the Joker. Every time Batman's in it, I'm like, oh, I, I, do you know what I mean? I want more Joker, less it's, Batman. It's almost if Batman's not even the secondary character. He's just, he's he's near enough the third character because you get Harvey Dent in there as well, um, which yeah. again I really like like that portrayal of Harvey Dent. Um, and oh. I, and and it's following his arc and and the Joker's arc really. I mean, the Joker doesn't have a full arc. He just stays crazy all the way through. Um, oh. d- doesn't really learn or grow. Uh, he just falls and um hmm. it's yeah it's all about harvey dent really and um like batman bruce wayne and and joker are just floating around that orbit um mm. so yeah yeah it's uh, it's great to see it again and uh it's probably the longest i've gone without seeing it because i was i went for a period of watching it constantly um <laughs> and i've kind of had a break from it it was nice to go back and see it yeah i i might have mentioned on our podcast like a few months back but i saw 
um, I saw it in the cinema uh, a few months back, you know, and it, it was cool to, to revisit it. Definitely. It was really good. And it was interesting. What's the third one again? Cause I hadn't seen that in absolutely ages. And um, I remember first time I watched the third one, I really liking it. And then after a few years, I thought, Oh, I'm not sure if I really loved it. Actually. I think there was a few things I didn't like. Anyway, watched it again. Bang. I do love the third one. Yeah. I like the third <laughs> one. It's unfairly maligned. I think I think it's got different things going on. It hasn't got the showy, kind of performance that uh the joker was but i i still think tom hardy is a is a great villain in that he's very intimidating mm. do you know something else i watched this week actually i just remembered mm. um something that had been on my list a little while and you mentioned tom hardy um it's a sort of role that sort of it was sort of like a breakout role for him i believe i, I watched bronson oh wow what a fucking batshit crazy film that is really crazy but really captivating i yeah. watched that with Shah. And that is not the sort of film that Shah would usually want to watch. And I said, before we watched it, I said, look, I'm watching Bronson. If you want to watch it with me, watch it with me. I said, you used to come to the cinema all the time and watch anything because we had that unlimited card. And since it's shut, you know, you haven't watched as many films. So I, I gave her this big old speech, you know, and she was like, oh, actually, okay. <laughs> he lectured her. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, Shah watched it. She literally couldn't take her eyes off it. She loved it. And it, like, it's about a subject matter she would never have usually wanted to get involved with. Yeah. And, um, yeah, you know, she said to me after, she goes, oh my God, I felt like I learned a lot. It was great to see Tom Hardy like that. Um, you know, plus his knobs flapping around the whole time. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> but, um, the no, only, that's the only thing that captivated her, mate. She was hypnotised by the pendulum. <laughs> I know, fair enough. I, I'll watch it for the acting. You can watch it for his knobs flapping around all over the shop. But um, overall, I, I thought it was really, really good. And I thought it, it really showed that how good an actor like Tom Hardy is. Yeah. Um, he's he's really, really cool. And I can see why that film probably led on to lots of other things for him because it is, it is a good role he played. Excellent, cool. Well, mate, is there anything else before we crack on with today's film? No, I think let's go for it, mate. Let's, um, let's get on with Backdraft. Drop the music, maestro. It's like organized confusion. It's over over uh, three, four hundred degrees in temperature. And then you just got these guys that are running into this building. Everybody else is running out. And these lunatics are running in. Is that a real Chicago fireman's outfit I see on you? It's in the blood, Willie. When I heard that both McCaffrey brothers were being assigned here at this station together, my heart was filled with a, a sudden desire to transfer. <laughs> Brian, damn you! Let's just have one drill, Lieutenant. Now one for the company and one for me. You have a bad day here. Somebody dies. Check that door for heat. I mean, is that an accident or is it ours? I'll get that answer as soon as I do. I'm starting to get the feeling that your office is dragging out this case. The chances that you take. How do we know if the floor's gonna be on fire in one of these? Well, when the door's open, if it's hot, don't get out. <laughs> Show me a fire truck. So you punched out a window for ventilation. Was that before or after you noticed you were standing in a lake of gasoline? You 
shouldn't have had him up there in the first place. You burned him, Steven! Got a stone killer trying to make a point. Three guys have died already this year because of the cuts made by your task force. Cool. So, um, before we crack on chatting about it, mate, do you want to give us uh, one of George's famous synopsis? Yeah, I'd love to, mate. So, um, Backdraft, then, is um, a movie about um, two brothers. Uh, one's a current firefighter, and he's a bit of a legend, and his younger brother is just starting out in the fire service. And it's, the film is about um, his brother sort of going on his first few fires once he becomes a trained fireman and his older brother being a bit mean on him and sort of, you know, shouting at him all the time. Um, and also there's also this side plot as well of uh, a number of fires in the local, in the city um, happening and killing people, but they're very specific fires. And so Robert De Niro, he plays a character who's investigating the causes of these fires. And um, yeah, there's quite a lot going on with this film actually, like talking back about it. Yeah, there is. Um, let me read you out the first one I found on Google. Go for it. Chicago firefighting brothers Stephen, Kurt Russell, and Brian, William Baldwin, have been rivals since childhood. Brian, struggling to prove himself, transfers to the arson unit. There he aids Don, Robert De Niro, in his investigation into a spate of fires involving oxygen-induced infernos called backdrafts. But when a conspiracy implicating a crooked politician and an arsonist leads Brian back to Stephen, he is forced to overcome his brotherly competitiveness in order to crack the case. Spot on. So summed it up really well, Dan. You know, That's a long synopsis. one. That's a long one. Yeah. It's, but I think it's warranted because um, this film, I, I had seen it, and there was a lot more going on than I remembered. It's exactly the same, mate. Exactly the same. I don't remember any of the political kind of corrupt political intrigue in it. No, definitely not. So uh, basically, I'll let you know, uh, you know, my history with this movie. I saw this when I was young and I mean, like really young. I think I was like 10 and this would have been a classic sort of film that I would have seen like advertised on telly like later at night and I would have recorded on a VHS. You remember them days? Yeah. 100%. Um, and <laughs> I love these days. They're the best. Like you, you say to your parents, can I stay up? And they're like, no, you're like, fuck it. I'll just video it. Like they didn't know what I was videoing. <laughs> yeah. you know? So anyway, <laughs> I videoed this. I would have watched it and I would have understood nothing other than just the, the fireman going in and fighting fires. Yeah. And um, yeah, so that's the reason. Like one, I'd seen it, but had I properly seen it? No. And two, that's why I didn't really, I didn't really take note of hardly anything that was going on. And so I was like, Fucking hell, there's a lot going on in this movie, uh, more than I was expecting. <laughs> well, I, I specifically remember, uh, um, I've got my own VHS memory of this, is uh, we had it on VHS um, with, you remember you used to get the stickers to put on the end of the VHS to write on it what was oh, yeah. on it. Um, we'd run out of stickers, so I always remember back, Backdraft being written on a bit of masking tape and on, a, uh, on a VHS. Um, <laughs> so I always remember that, and the first few seconds of the film not being on it. So it's obviously a hastily recorded uh, <laughs> film, um, but always miss the, uh, so the bit in the fire station when they're pissing about and then jump on the, on the fire truck. Um, never saw that. So I think it started while, while he was in the fire truck on the way to the scene with his dad. Um, so that's, uh, that's where I remember. Um, Lucky you didn't miss um, <laughs> the next five minutes. Cause it might've been a different movie. Like, what? Exactly. Why are they fighting? What was going on? <laughs> 
yeah. So um, um, I love that. Do you remember liking it then? Um, well, I was going to ask you, basically, I was going to ask you a really random question. What did you want to be when you were younger? Because up until <laughs> I was about 18, I wanted to be a fireman. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, I remember I liked this film. Um, and, yeah, I, I, you know, anything to do with sort of fireman, I always sort of enjoyed. Um, I actually did, at college, I did public services uh, course uh, in the hope of, like, maybe becoming a fireman. But it turns out my eyesight isn't very good. And, you know, that avenue just sort of closed to me. But, yeah, so I wanted to be a fireman. So I just wondered, um, what did you want to be when you were younger? <laughs> I always I always wanted to be a journalist when I was younger. Um, I think originally from wanting to be Superman, and I thought, well, I can't be the powerful alien <laughs> guy with laser eyes, with laser eyes, but I can be Clark Kent. Um, <laughs> so when I was younger, I always thought I was a little bit of a journalist, and that carried that carried on through. And I actually studied journalism at university. Uh, did a bit. Oh, excellent! I've, I've done a bit of journalism in my time, so I semi achieved it, and then decided, oh, it's not for me. There's nothing. There's no money in journalism. No, nice, but that's a nice story, you know, and um, I like that Superman aspect, that's cool. <laughs> Before that, I wanted to be a Red Arrow pilot, uh, but but my eyesight was uh, prohibitive as well. Oh, these, oh damn eyesight. <laughs> <laughs> it's really fungus. <laughs> yeah, well, I prefer watching them anyway. I don't, I don't want all that stress of having to put on a show up in the, uh, in the fucking 200 miles an hour, whatever they do. That's it, it's all panned out all right, we can watch them safely from the air show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cool. Talking of safety, uh, this film opens up uh, with a couple of kids pissing about in a fire station. Yeah, so you know the safest thing in the world, like fucking, you know the the the, the firefighting dad, um, who's played by Kurt Russell, um, has, has sort of taken his kids to the station. He's sort of letting them just sort of mess around, isn't he? Yeah, in, in Chicago, it's nice to see uh, a film getting away from. We've had a few New York films. I think is this our first Chicago-based film so far. I believe so. Yeah, it, like it's good to see you know somewhere different. Yeah, exactly. Um, so the kids are Brian, um, uh, and uh, he, the the main kid is Brian, um, and he gets invited by his old man, who's played by Kurt Russell, uh, to come on a ride along to what they refer to as a medium deal. So it's not a big deal; it's a medium deal fire. Um, so he gets to live the dream of many a child like yourself, George, and he gets to pull the hmm. fire engine cord, or, uh, uh, pull it, you know, beeping the horn of a fire engine. I bet that was your, your absolute dream, wasn't it? Oh, I, even now I just love to do that. Just there's something about bombing through traffic, like with that sound going and the horn. And, um, I don't know in America, everything looks so much more like, um, like slapdash like you can just jump on the wagon you know and they just they honk the horn even more and even louder i love it <laughs> yeah um so yeah he's he's uh beeping the horn on the way to the fire they arrive there um and you see some proper old school firefighting kurt russell runs in no mask jumping from window to window over the balconies and things smashing windows and saving kids and you just go wow what an american hero yeah these are real men yeah um but i i wrote a note i put they look like 1920s firemen the equipment looks so like yeah. shitty and um old school and, and ragged and i mean i know this is meant to be 1971 the start of the movie but i was like god they look well like old yeah they look older than 70s it really it really jumped yeah. out i i i don't like because it's been so long probably i think about 25 years since i've seen this film um uh, i didn't remember that Kurt Russell played two characters in this. So 
I was like, oh, is this all that Kurt Russell's in? <laughs> Does he just play his dad for the first five minutes and then gets horribly burnt and blown up in a fire? <laughs> um, so this bit kind of was took me back and then I was thinking, no, 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 he's going to grow up and they're just going to lazily use the same actor to play the father and son because that, that, you always get people looking identical to their fathers, don't you? Oh, yeah, absolutely. And then you always get a brother who looks like completely different to the both of them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, little Brian's out there watching his dad be an absolute hero, but he spots a breach in the wall, kind of flames blister out of the out of the bricks and and lick up the walls, don't they? And uh, then things start to look a bit serious. That's it. So basically, um, no one else spots it, but the little boy notices that you know there's a fire coming out, and it turns out to be a gas leak. And um, yeah, it blows up, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, yeah, one of his dad's colleagues breaches the gas line, I think, um, when he's like mm. prodding the ceiling. Um, and yeah, his dad being his dad pushes the guy to safety, um, but then boom. Um, and then there's the like very on-the-nose symbolism of Brian retrieving his father's helmet and taking it on his mantle. That's, it's really deep. Oh, it's, it, it's too much. It, you just When you're watching that, instead of getting that, a horrible feeling of you know like feeling for the child and oh my god you can't help but just go yeah right come on <laughs> like the helmet spinning in front of the little boy with his dad's name on like fuck off but, but luckily there's anyway. there's a ruthless photographer there to stick his lens in the little boy's face is watching his dad's carcass burn and he's just what a bastard <laughs> like that is fucking brutal wasn't it just this like it was almost like a hippie looking photographer wasn't he just taking yeah. pictures of the boy like that click, is click, click, click. you're just like you what dickhead but luckily it jumps ahead 20 years um so he's probably over it by now um but no <laughs> there's there's a front page of we're in a bar and we see a really tasteful front page of life magazine with a distraught brian on it um so it jumps straight 20 years <laughs> 20 years forward and it's still plastered out everywhere yeah, he can't get away from it. And um, yeah, so we're in this bar and it's one of those classic like bars in America, which is just like absolutely rammed, isn't it? Full mm. of people. And um, I, I think it's, it is like a sort of firefighter's bar in it. Like you say, they've got all the posters and the memorabilia up and stuff. And um, you've got all the recruits. They're basically getting smashed, aren't they? Because they've just finished their training. All the probies. The probies. Yeah. <laughs> and McCaffrey seems popular. Everyone's you know, whooping and hollering and asking him to get joined in. Um and we hear from the, the the barman knows him and uh, kind of mentions that he's been flitting between jobs. Um, he's had his own businesses. He's been selling yachts or whatever, or well, it's uh, condos or whatever he's doing. Um, yeah. And he also reveals that he's bribed an official to ensure he's assigned to a particular station far away from his brother. Yeah, and um, he, he mentions he, he he says, "Oh, I gave him a nice case of whiskey or whatever." That should do the trick, I mean. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't end up, but we'll get into that later. Uh, and uh, the next scene, uh, we just get a guy pulling up outside what must be his front door, opening it, and boom, backdraft. Yeah. So th- this bit I liked because um, it's quite intriguing. We go from a busy bar to just this, you know, really inconspicuous guy just opening his front door. And to be honest, I, I didn't expect it. He opens his door, his front door, and bang. And um, yeah, this guy is literally thrown from his front door into uh, the uh, car's windscreen. Yeah. Um, big explosion. And um, yeah, it's quite, I, I wrote down, I put quite surprising. Like, I was like, fucking hell, whoa, that was a good, uh, you know, twist. <laughs> well, two things on what you just said. Firstly, really well shot. I, I actually stopped and rewound it and, um, and 
I was trying to, I was like, wow, for a 90s film, that really was really seamless where he's walking up, it doesn't cut away, he walks up to the door and boom, it goes off. So there's obviously a cut there somewhere and I just couldn't find it. I was scrubbing back saying, where, where, where's the bit they've cut? It just looks seamless. It was incredible. Uh, so they must have replaced the actor with a dummy at some point, but it's just really hard to see. Um, but secondly, uh, you said about him going flying into the windshield. Yeah. So later on, we find out the body landed in a windshield and it's uh, from the explosion. But look back at it watch the explosion he lands nowhere near the car he lands in the road <laughs> so so <laughs> some sick some sick fuck has picked that burning corpse off the ground and <laughs> smashed it through a car windshield <laughs> Bugger, no, i love that <laughs> who would do that i mean so later on they specifically you see the body like head first into a car windshield but watch back at the action scene and you will see that he lands nowhere near the car he lands right in the middle of the road i think the whole like robert de niro investigation was like it was going down the wrong way yeah. <laughs> the wrong alley they should have been looking at this fucking sick bastard who's like moved the body who's moved the body <laughs> and smashed it for a car windshield <laughs> Oh, I love that. Literally, I need to fucking rewatch that part just to see how fucked up, like, do you know what I mean? But he, like, so obviously he gets blown away from the house. I mean, the explosion is massive. So I guess, you know, unless you rewind it, you probably wouldn't see the guys all fly off. Well, I um, did, right? I did. <laughs> <laughs> Only because I, I was rewinding it and watching it over. And I, just, I, I noticed it then going, wow, he went flying. And then later on, when it they, they said, um, they were obviously referring to him being in the windshield. I thought, no, that's not what happened. So I rewound it again and looked. I was like, no, it did not land in the windshield. So the, <laughs> that's where the investigators should have started, on the, the bloody squidge in the middle of the road. How did that get there? And how did the body get into the car? But, you know. Mm, or it could just be continuity and uh, they didn't really think anybody would notice. Oh, maybe, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, then we go back to McCaffrey at the bar. Um, he's getting abuse from an older Lithuanian lady outside the bar. Um, no idea what she was saying. This, no, and, and then from behind her, you get this, this blonde girl coming up to him. Who, and she obviously knows him, doesn't she? And um, basically, she she sort of alludes to the fact that he hasn't spoken to her in a long, number of years, and like you know, he just left. Blah 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 blah. The thing I couldn't, I was like really surprised at is that. So these firefighters, they've been getting pissed. They've been fucking around outside with the hose and that. And then as soon as there's a fire, they're all like jumping on fire engines and like go in yeah. there. I'm like, what the fuck? It's a load of bullshit, isn't it? Uh, yeah, we got to go to this one. We got it's a big one. We got to go. Oh, what a load of bollocks. Uh, and, uh, uh, but yeah, he get before that he gets hosed down, doesn't he? And and um, Jen, who is ex, is uh, accused him of being immature. Oh, real mature. I can see how you've uh, you've grown up. Um, but back at the scene, um, the it, they kind of run down there, don't they? Like you say with your mates, they run down to the scene. Um, mm. And the recently graduated Brian McCaffrey and his mates are rubbernecking. Uh, like it's almost like they've never seen a fire before. Yeah, it's very much like, oh my god, like this is what we're going to be doing. And you yeah. mean, what the fuck have you been doing in the academy, mate? Yeah, what do these recruits do? Because he just kind of went like a, a a rabbit in the headlights. He was just there, going, oh, you know, not didn't know what to do. Um, mm. But then we see like the, the body from the explosion was a direct hit through the car windshield, as we, as we said, except it wasn't. Um, <clears throat> <clears throat> sorry. 
Um, uh, then Brian spots someone who looks ridiculously like his dad, uh, minus a few facial moles and, and moustache. Um, it could almost be the same guy. <laughs> turns out it's just his brother who, who just has a, a, a family resemblance. <laughs> well, one thing I noticed about these brothers is that uh, obviously they've got quite different personalities and uh, they also got like like such different haircuts and both their haircuts well suit the character like you've got the Baldwin character who's um he you know he's got that floppy like curtains look and he's like cocky and uh inexperienced and like you know what i mean he, he thinks he's cool but he's sort of not and then kurt russell's got this like really like really serious like military grade haircut hasn't he like you know yeah. short back and side you know what i mean and it just literally sums those two up well perfectly exactly right and kurt kurt's character uh referred to as bull uh is his nickname oh, yeah. um yeah turns out he didn't turn up to uh he didn't turn up to the graduation of his brother um and uh then and then he tells him he doesn't suit being a firefighter as well. So here we here we get the kind of uh, disagreement between them two that's going to cause most of the drama throughout the film. Yeah, and this is the point, isn't it, where uh, Kurt Russell's character reveals that he's actually pulled some strings. That bottle of whiskey you bought the matey to try and get put into a certain precinct ain't happening, mate. And you're going to be working on my unit. Is it Unit Seventeen, toughest right, in the yeah. city? <laughs> yeah, he he then walks off and has some jovial banter with the seventeenth boys, as you say. Uh, <laughs> while that smouldering body is still in situ in a windshield, <laughs> is it really time to have laughs and jokes when there's a a, a person smouldering away right next to you? <laughs> when you say a bag it's just like oh my god what Re- the fuck? real respectful they were like joshing around and like poking and jabbing each other having a laugh someone's dead right next to you there's there's a scene later where they just put out a huge fire and a few of them are like smoking in yeah it. yeah yeah <laughs> that happens a few times in fact <laughs> oh fucking hell they don't give a fuck these lot <laughs> craziness um, this is this is the point where we, we meet the Robert De Niro character isn't it so he's the fire investigator yeah who I completely forgot was in this film Oh, mental, because this was 1991. I mean, that has got to be like the peak of like De Niro or maybe coming towards the end of his peak. But still, you know, he was getting some big, big roles. And in this, he's like definitely a side character. Um, So, you know, fair play. I mean, he's great in pretty much everything he's in, maybe not his new stuff. And in this, I thought he was really good. I really liked watching him. Yeah, he is good. Uh, But then Brian goes and scares a kid in the garden and uh <laughs> turns up it's his <laughs> nephew but he also rubs it in his face that his daddy isn't around anymore <laughs> <laughs> and he noticed he's playing with a fire truck yeah yeah <laughs> everything's just so on the nose in this isn't it um yeah uh, so it turns out obviously he's not speaking to his brother on the regular so he didn't know that he's no longer living with his wife they're obviously having troubles yeah. um so he goes and sees uh, his brother bull uh, on a boat which on a boat <laughs> which is very lethal weapon isn't it <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. And like, uh, he, Bull or, or Kurt Russell, but he, he's known as sort of Bull, isn't he, to the fire guys? Like, he's 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 got all his fishing gear. He's got his fucking beers on there, doesn't he? He's like, yeah. it's literally. Um, he's such a like classic um, moved out of home man. <laughs> yeah. It's 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 just it could be Mel Gibson in Lethal <laughs> Weapon just putting a gun in his mouth. He's basically the same character yeah. at that point. Um, uh, 
but then Bulls deriding his brother for going from log cabin salesman, that's what he was, uh, to a firefighter. <laughs> it turns out he was bankrupt from that. So that, you know, he thinks that's why he's coming to be a firefighter. And then he oh. says to him, try not to be late tomorrow because he's basically wrangled it. So he's in his, in the 17th, like you say. Um, but cut to the next day and lo and behold, his car doesn't start. Yeah, that's it. They tease you like one second and the next thing is cars doesn't start. So we get uh, the Baldwin character sort of running down the road to the the fire station as the fucking, the, the truck pulls off, doesn't he? And his brother yeah. gives him a little signal. <laughs> that little look that he gives him was just like, told you so, or disappointment. And, and he was like, I'm not giving up. So he runs and managed to jump in it, doesn't he? Um, yeah, he just about gets there. Yeah, and reunites with a couple of old friends, says I basically raised him and meets a few new friends. Uh, but then they arrive at the scene and um, smash a Merck's windows. <laughs> yeah, I, I like this bit. They, they sort of the firefighters almost sort of enjoy doing it, don't they? They're like, "Oh, we got to do this!" Yeah. Bang, and they sort of you know, and that I mean, that's a top of the range motor in sort of nineteen ninety one, yeah. isn't it? So, um, yeah, quite cool. They put the hose, you know, through the car. I mean, it does seem a little bit unnecessary, couldn't they put it round? But anyway, for for the movie, well, apparently <laughs> the the guy who wrote it was a firefighter, and it's something they had to do once. Um, so it's yeah, it, it seems unnecessary, but it has happened. Um, but Ooh. it's one of those things again where the Brian character seems like, whoa, what did they just do? He looks. Like really, like what the what, what the fuck? As if he doesn't know yeah. they will do anything to put a fire out, and they have the right to do stuff like that. Um, he he acts shocked again. It's like he it's like his dad wasn't a firefighter, and he hasn't his brother's not a firefighter, and he hasn't been recruited and gone through the academy. He knows nothing about firefighting. How is he here? It does. It, it is a, I do. I get the impression maybe it's just the way that this uh, William Baldwin like looks yeah. or like plays it, but just always yeah, looks belie- beleaguered. <laughs> yeah. Um. To be honest, he's not an actor I, I've seen very often, and he's one of the parts of the movie I, I wasn't mad keen on. Like, I didn't love him. I didn't like watching him really. No. I, I, yeah. It doesn't do much for me either. To be honest, I, I prefer his brother. Yeah, big time, yeah. massively. Like just, just the just um, on the like on the subject of like stage presence. Like yeah. Kurt Russell, fucking love watching him. William Baldwin, I don't know why, it just annoys me a little bit. You know, yeah. so I don't know. Every scene he was in, I was just like, oh. Every scene Kurt Russell was in, I was like, yeah, God, Bob. Yeah, <laughs> Kurt Russell really is great to watch, isn't he? He's he's, he's one of my favourite screen presences. It's just he's in some of my favourite films and. Yeah, it's just something about him. He's got a, he's got movie star aura, isn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And that's something you can't really put your finger on. He just you know exudes charisma, and he's just got a great like sort of moodiness to him, which I like. Uh, yeah. And yeah, I just I think he's fucking great as well. He's awesome. And he goes. He goes he's not only has he got this aura, he also goes in maskless like his dad did, which is reckless. Really, he's just inhaling toxic fumes the whole time. <sighs> Um, well, in this movie, like they they don't seem to do what I thought firefighters do, and that's stand outside the building and like <laughs> and push the hose in. I mean, don't <laughs> wrong. I know they have to save people in there, um, but but actually, maybe we're doing it a bit of a disservice. Um, I know we're picking holes in like all the things that they do firefighting wise, but it does make for a really good like cinematic experience oh, yeah. to see firefighters fucking bursting into a fire and it is cool to watch. And I know they do have to, they have to enter to get to the, some of the fire sources sometimes, but I think that he's, a, they're way too gung ho in this way too gung ho. But like you said, it does, it does make for a, for better action scenes. Um, yeah. But 
again, when the recruits are inside, they're like deer and deers in headlights or rabbits in headlights making basic mistakes. Um, but this is the first point where we start to see uh, characters in this treating a fire like it's like a sentient being. Um, <laughs> and Kurt's there going, it's in the walls. Um, yeah. And, uh, and he's spot on, isn't he? Because it, yeah. it comes you know, straight through from there as he sort of says it. And I really like that aspect that they do treat the fire as this monster a few of the characters do that and i I thought that was a good um you know a good way of explaining it i liked it um and they call for backup but none's coming they're on their own because there's been cuts um pin that for later um and then uh, (laughs) (laughs) someone walks over brian uh there's a big like explosion isn't there and uh someone walks over brian thinking thinking he's dead and says sorry kid i thought you were dead um the floor, floor collapses and man down yeah, and then you get this phrase, oh, it's such a crap uh, like tagline. <laughs> if you go, we all go. Oh, yeah. Fucking crap. Uh, he goes, I'm going, you go, we go. Cheese, I put. <laughs> yeah. And my note was just <laughs> cheese. <laughs> yeah, big, big double helping. <laughs> so, what another note I put here was we've got some great names like Bull and Axe, and then we've got Tim. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> Bull axe Tib <laughs> and Brian. That's so good. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> um, and then uh, everyone's there, and Brian Brian hears someone screaming, and he he tries to get his brother's help to say let someone scream in. Uh, he doesn't try hard enough. Um, instead, he just runs to find them on his own. Yeah, again going gung ho. Um, but the fire has a mind of its own. I did like this bit actually because um, Brian, you know, sort of at this point he's sort of like the hero of the day doesn't he because he comes bursting out of a fire exit and in front of some sort of like journalists or in front of like some, you know a crowd and um he pulls a body doesn't he down down the stairs um to safety and it turns out it's a mannequin yeah. how the hell did he not realize that like uh, it would be like a, a, a quarter of the weight of a human being it wouldn't feel fleshy it would be plasticky and hollow how it's that's the most ridiculous thing in this film <laughs> and that's saying something that is saying something <laughs> yeah other than the fact that kurt russell looks identical to his dad except for a mustache and a mole um I, do, do you know what I did love though is uh, one of the one of the firefighters walks past and this generally made me laugh out loud. Uh, was um, sorry to hear about the mannequin. I heard you two were close. <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, and he gets ripped about that a few times, doesn't he? Yeah, and then his brother Bull is uh, fuming uh, because of him disobeying orders and running off on his own. Yeah, because the thing of Bull, Bull, he he's pretty old school, and you know it's it's all about the team. And he basically doesn't like the fact that his brother sort of went off and, you know, I mean, his brother had good intentions, but he fucked up basically. He was splitting up. It's dangerous. And, yeah. um, and, and obviously he made himself look a fucking tit because of the, the whole mannequin thing. So that that's not good. Yeah. And then during the cleanup, Brian overhears a couple of firefighters uh, complaining about bulls gung-ho nature as well. Yeah. And this sort of like plays out a little bit more later, doesn't it? Because we sort of, we, we, we see Bull later on sort of like taking risks and sort of going a bit too far, doesn't he? Yeah. And then uh, De Niro turns up again, always, always late to the fire, but he turns up um, for the investigation and he gets a bit of a grilling. 
he does. So this is the point where he talks. Now I call this character. I just I just wrote a little name for him. It's like the mayor, but he's not actually the mayor. This bloke is he? He's he's going to run for mayor. Right, run for it. Basically, I wasn't sort of sure who this dude was. Like he did have a funny name. Like he had a position, and I can't remember what that position was called. But he had a weird sounding job. His, his name was right. his name is Marty Swayzak, wasn't it? But yeah, there was a name he had. Um, Alderman. Old Alderman Marty Swayzak is the character's name. That's it. Because I looked up, I looked up the word Alderman, and it, it's it's like a it's like a political job in America. Um, but anyway, so he's going to be running for mayor, and he basically says to De Niro, doesn't he? Like, you know, you've got to solve these these backdraft fires. Like, we, they seem to be cropping up all over the city, and you fucking need to, you know, tell us what's happened. Yeah. So he's um, he, he's giving De Niro a bit of a grilling, isn't he? He is indeed. Like I say, he wants these these uh, fires, these backdraft, you know. Well, I suppose at this stage, you don't know about this whole backdraft thing, but yeah. there's some strange fires going on and they need answers, you know. It needs to be solved by the, the fire department. Another note I've got here is, have that report on my desk, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That old cheesy <laughs> shit. Classic, yeah. absolutely classic. Like, like you know, like the like mayor candidate or whatever would turn up at a live fire like yeah. two minutes after they've done yeah. it to... to, to to really kick off at the fire investigator. Like, yeah. give me, come on. Everyone just turns up. Um, but then uh, Ball starts grilling Swayzak uh, for shutting down uh, 33. Um, so they had no backup, etc. And he uh, basically threatens to knock him out, doesn't he? He does indeed, yeah. He really, really sort of kicks off. And um, at this point, I thought to myself, it's um, a film like this has got a lot of similarities to like a war movie. Um, just two things that really stuck out. One, when they're ragging it towards the fire in the, in the fire truck, it felt like, like they're in a helicopter, you know, like in yeah. sort of war films. Mm-hmm. And the second one was this whole like no backup thing. You can sort of almost see like Tom Hanks like screaming for backup yeah. on a radio, like you know, in Norman, in uh, you know, in Dunkirk and stuff, and it not happening. And it just reminded me of like a war film. This like the whole sort of setup. But also the the frontline troops versus the pen pushers. The pen pushers think they know what's best, and the, the frontline yeah. troops disagree. Uh, so yeah, there's yeah. there's a lot of that. But uh, yeah, it, obviously Bull's giving it the 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 big man. Um, but also, just in case, uh, you know, we we thought not all the characters were going to turn up at this point, so does Brian Zex. Um, uh, it's a small world, Chicago. Well, she mentioned she had a, you know, a, a top job uh, in the city or whatever, didn't she? And it yeah. turned out, yeah, she's working for the, the alderman. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, just like uh, Elf before this, and also Shawshank Redemption before this, we get a good shower scene. <laughs> Yeah, and so we got Brian and his um his like academy buddy. Yeah, um and his academy buddy is like fucking buzzing, isn't he? Like he's loved his first fire. He's had like, a great fire. He's had a storming fire. <laughs> he's loving it, and um yeah, he's he's basically buzzing for his next, where which is more you can say for Brian. He's he's you know he's not in a good place. <laughs> yeah, and then there was a like a little probies wind up, isn't there, where they set the uh, put the bells on. So they think there's an emergency. Uh, so they run out with their towels around their waist, trying to get changed and whatnot. Um, and then it turns out they just want them to make lunch for the for the rest of the crew. <laughs> yeah, like I say, uh, professional as always. And they, they have a lunch, and obviously Brian gets sort of ripped into sort of a bit more. Um, and this is where we, we then it then cuts to sort of later that evening or whatever, and it's a retirement party, isn't it? And they're all having a few beers, letting their hair down, etc. Yeah, Ball's wife is with uh, some other fella. Yeah, randomly. I mean. For what for a second there, I was thinking like, what's going on here? Do you know what I mean? Because basically, um, when I first saw Bull's wife, I thought it was the blonde girl. Yeah, <laughs> I did. No, the start of the film. Exactly the same. Um, it wasn't until later when he approached them that I realised, oh, okay, it's his wife. 
yeah, that's it. And basically, it's quite funny actually. Like he um, he sort of chatted to a dunny, and then uh, the other guy butts in, "Hey, what are you doing?" And he just fucking all kicks off. <laughs> yeah. <isn't> it? <laughs> well, yeah, he said, "You idiot, brother," because basically his brother kind of got the uh, despite bringing a mannequin out in the papers they thought that he actually saved uh the woman actually the probe he saved um oh. so he he gets the uh the kudos for that but also the firefighters just take the piss out of him for it um and when bull is interrupting his ex-wife's dance with a new fella um he basically calls his brother dumb for saving a mannequin and bull, bull not just smacks him he pulls his hair and then smacks him in the kisser <laughs> and then there's actually um there's a good shot where the camera sort of like pulls back and uh, we see some other guy just randomly run yeah. out of nowhere yeah. into the fray and just like then it all kicks off i just love it how some random guy just runs in there yeah and just to massive brawl um yeah. and then what i really liked is he goes back for a second go at him and everyone's like calm down calm down let's go let's leave and he starts leaving <laughs> then runs back for a third go <laughs> I know, and this is like you know the chief firefighter. Like he don't give yeah. a fuck. He, he's well old school. And this is where um, Brian actually has a word with that blonde girl from earlier. Yeah. And she sort of uh, sort of uh, offers him a job, or sort of, uh, sort of teases that, doesn't it? And says, look, the the alderman. Oh no, sorry. We we want you to sort of work with us, um, the alderman and me, etc to uh, look into sort of some of these fires and things. That's I mean, right. a great opportunity. Yeah. So he gets a bit of a job offer um, just when he's having a bit of a shit time anyway. Mm-hmm. Um but also another another note I made was um, Kurt Russell acts a very good drunk. Oh, he does that bit where he tries to get put on a boat. Yeah, all of that, all of the bit at the party. It's not over the top drunk, and and you know the the classic drunk acting. He he looks proper like someone who's trying to act not drunk. They always say if you're if you're oh what was it acting acting drunk, the way to act drunk is to act act like someone trying to act not drunk. Okay, so if you you so try to act like you're not drunk, and then you'll be playing a good drunk man. Yeah, so you got to pay a drunk man okay. trying not to be drunk because that's what most drunks do is try and act like they're not drunk. Uh, like mate, you said it. Like he does play a very good drunk man, and yeah. I guess that's what you know what he must have been doing because yeah, he did play it well. And like I say, trying to get him back on that boat, fucking hell, he looked <laughs> like the way his body was like rigid and stuff. Like you know, yeah, he fell off the, the the step and that he did play it well. But it's a touching <laughs> well, moment. It's a touch because it's the first bit of proper like sentimentality between the two uh he kind mm-hmm. of tucks him in basically doesn't he and like looking around the shit always living in yeah and, and like you say it's the first time we see these brothers sort of get on you know sort of since we saw that very first scene when they're sort of playing in the fire yeah. you know, department so yeah um first time we sort of you know see a bit of love between them and the next bit just in case you didn't realize this was a 80s slash 90s film mm-hmm. montage Boom. So we've got hydrants being uh, unscrewed all over the place. We've got hoses being unraveled. Um, yeah, big old montage to, uh, you know, really show. <laughs> lyrics like the show goes on, <laughs> proper cheesy early 90s music, scooping up chickens, yeah. <laughs> playing basketball. Oh, yeah, like it's one of their sort of like lighter uh cases isn't it yeah like, trying to like, get all the chickens back yeah <laughs> they're also um pouring wa- a lot of pouring water on each other and you know pissing about in hydrants like you say and slow-mo fire runs and steady improvement of brian's uh performance um yeah it's, it's so 80s 90s isn't it and that that uh that's a sort of setup of him running up the um of the up the not a ladder but like up the stairwell with the the hose yeah. we can sort of you know again on the nose we can see 
so much Brian's improving by the fact that he's able to walk up these like four flights of stairs now with yeah. a hose rather than dropping everywhere, etc. So, you know, the viewer is now completely, um, you know, aware that Brian's been sort of getting on and he's been doing better. And he actually has a race with his brother, doesn't he, at this point? Sort of right. after the montage, um, a race with Kurt Russell up to the top. What I really like about this is I, I was writing a note about the fact that he goes, uh, run, damn you. And I was like, oh, what a fucking <laughs> cheesy line. But then he calls him out on it and how cheesy it was when they get to the top. <laughs> yeah amazing i like that and then yeah it's good and up the top they, they basically it starts off quite jovial but they actually have an argument again don't they and yeah. he, brian's basically kicking off uh the Baldwin character about uh these extra drills and he feels like his brother's giving him a major hard time compared to everyone else yeah he? but he says i'm not going to quit so that's where they, they butt heads he's not going to quit um and uh ball basically wants him to um but then cut to another fire a woman screaming my baby please help me yeah so I, I literally had to pick up on that because i'm like how could it be a firefighter movie or even some sort of emergency services movie about someone going my baby like yeah my baby um, please help in, me in, in some ways it's like eye-rollingly annoying but also it's like it didn't have to go in there did it the, my it, baby my baby it works like, doesn't it because if you think yeah, about it if it was oh my husband it, it wouldn't be as <laughs> as pressing and as emotional as my baby, like literally a, a little baby helpless in a fire tugs on the heartstrings a lot more than just some drunk bloke or something. Um, so my know. boyfriend, my boyfriend, even better than boyfriend and, and husband would be my dog. <laughs> yeah. My, my cat. Men, no, actually, adult men are at the bottom of the list when it comes to sympathy. <laughs> Big time. Babies and dogs are at the top. <laughs> uh and maybe cats maybe cats you like cats yeah maybe. we've got to put cats in there yeah. definitely um, I was listening. <laughs> but hearing this the gung-ho bros run into the burning building to get the baby um and then that awful awful like kind of there's a bit where uh brian has a bit of a moment doesn't he and lies down on the job and uh yeah. ball goes in on his own and there's a kind of explosion while he's in there and he's assuming he's dead and then yeah. Ball walks out in proper slow mo, and uh, yeah. carrying the child on his on his arm. Did you hear they did like four hundred auditions to find the right child for that? Mate, four hundred auditions to get that one kid. I'm pretty sure it said something like four hundred auditions to find the right looking child for a, a slow mo shot that lasts a few seconds. Um, I mean, what I would say is that that is probably like the shot I, I think they probably used on all the promotional material because yeah. it is like the one that sort of sums up the movie in one picture. But um, yeah, that's just mental. They should have spent more time like researching fire yeah. techniques. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Fuck <laughs> me. But after this, obviously, Bull, way to go, Bull. He kicked ass and uh, <laughs> he's outside um, with his brother again. And and their ceasefire doesn't last very long because he kind of really sl does a little bit of a sly dig. He says, it, it was dad's way, it's my way, it's not everybody's yeah. way, the, you know, the fireman way. Um, and Brian doesn't take it well. No, and no. You win, Stephen, you're the best, and, and he quits. So despite the day before or whatever it was saying, I'm not going to quit, he quits. Um, he quits. So he's and he does it really publicly, doesn't he? He walks off in front of all the other guys and they yeah. all go, what the fuck? And he's just off. So not only is he a quitter, he's also a liar because he said he wouldn't. Um, so <laughs> he, I can see why Ball doesn't like him, to be honest. He's a prick. 
Yeah, <laughs> big time. <laughs> and like, like there's at this point, there's not a lot to like about Brian. Really, no, he's, um, he's incompetent. He's arrogant. He's a liar, and he's a quitter. Yeah, and as, as I said earlier, and he's like, childish. I just didn't, and I just didn't feel any love towards the actor. No. So basically, I'm just like I'm proper in Paul's corner, and um, yeah, Brian can just bugger off. And he basically he decides to um, take that blonde girl up on her offer, and he goes and works with De Niro, doesn't he? Yeah, that's right. So it's kind of Swayzak what they're putting him in in uh, De Niro's court. What's De Niro's character called again? Uh, De Niro's character is called Donald. Um, Donald. Donald Rimgale. Donald, Donald Rimgale. And yeah. we get a good introduction to him, don't we? Because basically he's just fucking kicking off a, 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 another firefighter. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, as Brian walks in for his first day and he's just booting off, doesn't he? Proper lecturing him, yeah. Um, and then while he, he kind of starts getting changed, doesn't he? And you see scarring all over his back. So this guy's a badass, obviously. Yeah, you, you, you sort of like from that, you know, he's been there, he's done it, and now he's fucking risen above, and he, he's yeah. telling you know, what I mean, he's he's investigating sort of why. Yeah, he's like a cop, really, isn't he? Um, basically, yeah. I, I don't yeah. know, I don't, I don't know how true to life like this is, but he acts just like a cop. Like he, even his office is like a fucking police station. He's just such a cop, even yeah. though he's a fireman. <laughs> yeah, and uh, yeah, I think they do have those uh, investigators. Um, so I think it's pretty true to life. Um, and uh, but they go off and uh, start their investigation. First of all, they drop in to see Hannibal Lecter. Uh, sorry, um, Ronald Bartel. <laughs> um, May I I put made the exact same note. It's so Silence of the Lambsy. Um, this whole you know having to sort of like uh, to understand the fire, having to speak to the the arsonist himself. Yeah. <laughs> So he's, he's it's a joke, isn't it? But uh, it's, there's a parole hearing, and uh, De Niro's there. He's um, he uh, they call him Shadow, don't they? Because he left a shadow on the wall where his body protected uh, the wall from the fire. Um, and yeah. uh, he basically sabotages the parole hearing, um, and basically easily makes him admit that uh, this Donald Sutherland character that uh, he wants uh, the whole world to burn. Um, uh, and <laughs> how did the experts, these parole? this parole board not managed to get that out of him. De Niro just comes up and says one thing and he goes, yeah, I want to watch the whole world burn. <laughs> just lets yeah, it slip he out. Just un- he unlocked it, didn't he? Literally in seconds. Yeah. Um, this whole parole bit, I mean, I know they're probably quite a standard procedure, but it reminded me so much of like Shawshank, the questions, you exactly. know, do you feel like you've been rehabilitated? Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Um, and also, um, uh, I know he only had sort of maybe two or three sort of scenes, but uh, the Donald Sutherland character, this this uh, this arsonist, was one of my favourite characters oh, in the movie. He, like, he played it well, good. Chewing the scenery, wasn't he? <laughs> he was fucking brilliant. He was an absolute psycho, and I just like, like I just loved the way the camera was sort of panning around him at points, and he was just like staring at the mm. Nero and Baldwin and that. And I don't know, he was just really creepy, and um, yeah, he was great. I want to see more of him. Yeah, he was cool. We need a spin-off of how he became this fucking yeah. hinged monster. You know, you know, like Hannibal, film Hannibal, we'll just have one called Ronald. <laughs> That'd be fucking awesome. Ronald. That made me laugh as well, that uh, De Niro's character's called Donald and Donald's character's called Ronald. So it's Donald and Ronald have got parts together. It's just, it's like <laughs> Huey, Dewey and Louie or something. <laughs> yeah. Could they not think of any other name? I guess not. <laughs> um... But then uh, after the parole hearing, cut to a theatre, um, somebody walks up to a door and then boom, backdraft again. Yeah. Bang. And then uh, Brian and De Niro 
Brian and De Niro turn up to come and investigate. Uh, but also, so do Brian's old station colleagues arrive and, and they spot him working uh, with De Niro. Um, yeah, they're sort of like taking the piss, aren't they, in the background? Like, you, know, you mean they're sort of, oh, well, rightly so almost, they're sort of laughing at him because like, yeah. he's queer and now he's working on the other side. And uh, in, in like cop movies, you know, the, the cops usually hate when someone goes and works for like internal affairs. And it's yeah. a little bit like that, isn't it? It is, yeah. And but then De Niro, um, as with previous uh, people, starts to talk to the fire to find the source, doesn't he? Where did you come from? Where did you go? What did you do? What yeah. are you thinking? And it, 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 again, like a policeman, it's just he's just investigating the, the crime scene. I actually really like this bit. It's, it, you know, what I mean, it's um, I don't know. It just I really like the De Niro character. I thought he was cool. You know, he obviously knows his stuff about fires, yeah. and he was just looking at all the little clues and basically worked out from these little things that it was a backdraft that that had happened, wasn't it, to this guy? Yeah. Did you see that um, there was a sequel to this? I did see there was a sequel to this. It wasn't actually that long ago, am I right? It's last year, yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't really look up. Um, anything to do with it but yeah fucking bad draft sequel what, well, what surprised me and I, I, I should have mentioned this just now but uh william baldwin's back in it um and it's all about um kurt russell's let's say bull's son uh becoming a firefighter um, okay so that little boy we saw earlier playing with the fire truck it's about yeah. him but also donald sutherland's back playing ronald bartell again what <laughs> yeah yeah I watched 10 minutes of it um, the other day because there's there's a preview. Um, I'm not buying it because it looks like a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but I um, I watched, there's a 10 minute preview on YouTube and I watched it and it was, it looked like pretty shit. It looked basically repeating this, um, uh, but it didn't have any Donald in it. But yeah, I thought, oh, hopefully they explore a bit more of him in that. So that might be the sequel we're looking for. Oh, uh, how funny would it be if my link was um, that? <laughs> <laughs> is, that, <laughs> is that in the rules do you reckon sequels I, I, yeah you could do that why not I, i've never actually thought of it but you're right we never said not so yeah. it could happen you know we'll have to like again yeah, i'll keep i'll keep it uh sort of under wraps until later but yeah, nice. there's a possibility backdraft 2 might be happening <laughs> yeah look forward to that um <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, we go to the mortuary and there's a uh like a pathologist who did you know the other day when I was trying to explain to you who um, Clint Howard was, Ron Howard's brother, and he's got a oh yeah really yeah. weird face. That's him, the the pathologist, because this is a Ron Howard so that's film. The, so that's the director's brother, the pathologist, yeah. with the bold head and the glasses. And that. He turns up in most of Ron Howard's films. He's like obviously his brother, give him a, you know a couple of hundred quid to come in and do this. But um, yeah, that's him. That's the, I think we mentioned it um, the week before the Christmas episode, Elf, because I said I nearly chose him as a connection to the Grinch movie because he plays one of the characters in the Grinch, which is another Ron Howard film. Gotcha. I see. So, like I say, he appears in pretty much any Ron Howard film. So yeah. that you know, quite a good thing it, going forward. If I um you know watch watch another Ron Howard film, which I obviously will because he, he's done a lot. Um, I'll look out for Clint. <laughs> yeah, just look for that um, interesting face. Yeah, well, it's quite distinctive. Like I say, that bold head and that. Um, do you know he looks like a little bit? He looks a little bit like Napoleon Dynamite's brother, um, <laughs> yeah. Kit, doesn't he? A bit. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Um, got that vibe. Uh, but yeah, in, in the uh, mortuary, uh, they uh, they make Brian lift the body over, don't they? And it's kind of squishing and squelching. And um, yeah, the corpse. He don't want of, to be near it, does he? Yeah, but then it breathes out on him. 
<laughs> sails in his face. Yeah. Um, and then it's, it's moving quite quickly at this point. It's from scene to scene to scene. And then Steve, Stephen's on the roof. Ball is on the roof fixing his, um, his, his roof uninvited because he doesn't live there anymore, but he's up there fixing the roof anyway. And then he gives a shit apology to his ex-wife for starting that fight. <laughs> and like it's just so blokey like he's got a white t-shirt on and blue yeah. jeans and he's just like on the roof like tarring away and yeah oily um, rag he's just wiping his hands down and yeah. yeah yeah he's so different to his brother like his brother's so such a melt word is yes a melt <laughs> that's a much better word than I was going to say but yeah. yeah he's such a melt and Ball's like such a bloke's bloke you know and they are just chalk and cheese um, you know I'm sure there are brothers like that but I don't know. They're just, I felt they're such unbelievable brothers. Yeah. Um, and not in a good way. Not unbelievable. Ah, oh, they're unbelievable. Unbelievable as yeah. in they're not believable. Yeah, they're just not brothers, you know? I mean, yeah. I can really see how Kurt Russell could be his father's son. <laughs> not- yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm wondering whether he's, you know, he's a, he's a product of an affair his mother had. I'm not saying. No, <laughs> no he's so different, mate. You yeah. know what I mean? He just doesn't fit in the family, you know, traits. He's a, sh- he's a shit firefighter. He doesn't look like Kurt Russell. Um, <laughs> How, how bad can it get? Um, <laughs> cut to De Niro um, asking Brian to open a bin lid, and then boom, backdraft. That's it. He's 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 sort of uh, he's getting there with this case, isn't he? He's yeah. worked out how how whoever's doing this is doing this, and it's it's looking more less and less like any sort of accident. This is a deliberate, uh, very complicated way of um, of of killing someone, causing a fire, an explosion without a fire. So they want people to die by fire, but for the fire not to spread, which is a bit of a weird yes. thing, isn't it? It's so, like, niche. So my, my, if I had discovered that, I would think, okay, who would want to kill someone by fire, but not for the fire to spread? It would be someone involved in the fire department, surely. I don't know. Like, it points so much. <laughs> and he says, doesn't he, you know, only someone who knows... Um, uh, you know who who's in the industry yeah. as it were would know how to do this because it's so sure. niche and so technical of course yeah yeah yeah, sure <laughs> even though no one picked up on it um so uh, <laughs> unbelievable and then uh boat party um and uh, mm. uh brian's getting schmoozed isn't he by the uh by the wanker yeah basically so he sees that blonde girl uh like the, the mayor candidates there isn't she yeah. Um, and actually, we're coming up to a, the, probably one of the only bits I remember um, of the whole film. And basically, is it, is it sex on a fire truck? Yeah, it's sex on the fire truck. And I'll tell you oh, what, as I was watching this, your sex is on fire truck. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. <laughs> I, I didn't write that down, but, by the way. I just thought of it. Just I, I wouldn't have written that down because it's not good enough. <laughs> That's only something I'd say in the it. moment. <laughs> I'll never be able to hear that again without thinking about that. But I, um, as I was watching this movie, so I'll be honest, I don't remember that um, when I started watching this, I didn't think, oh, I'm going to see people upset with a fire truck in this movie. But as soon as he went to the police, sorry, the fire station with his blonde girlfriend, or sorry, like, you know, lady, um, I thought to myself, hang on a minute, I remember this bit coming up and then they got on top of the fire truck and then, yes, yeah, like banging, like, come on. Mate, we've got pretty much exactly the same memory of this film because I didn't re- recall it until that happened either. And I was like, oh, shit, yeah, they end up doing it on the hoses, don't yeah, they? Yeah, um, that's it. Exactly the same. Um, she's Funny like, how we both remember that bit. Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? Um, <laughs> but yeah, she basically says, show me your fire truck and he, he does more than that, um, gets his hose out. Um, and uh, meanwhile, Bull and the team are in a tower fire um, and then Bull starts talking to the fire again, which is weird. 
Um, and then the alarm goes off in the station that Brian's at having sex on the truck. And, uh, <laughs> when they get to the scene, um, the, I, I like the fact they're not conspicuous. Everyone would have noticed cause they're all upstairs and they all come down the pole. They would have noticed mm. them on top of the truck. Uh, so 100%. that's another unrealistic thing. And when, when they're then driving at full speed down the roads, they decide to get on their knees and have a kiss so the camera can see them. Um, <laughs> it's all a load of bollocks. They are well casual about it. Do you know what I mean they're not like worried? They're like they're yeah. like it's like they're a big laugh. Like oh, this is hilarious. <laughs> not any disciplinaries going around or anything like that. Just gets away with it. Um, and then at, at the other end, they pull the hose out. Somehow she's got her her knickers tangled up on the hose. She's got a knickers tangled. Oh, yeah. Or a bra or something. Um, yeah, some underwear. Yeah, some underwear. How's that? So she must have done that on purpose, surely. She must have wound like, it round the hose in order to get it to the end, other end. Do you know what I mean? It's or like maybe a, like his sex was boring, so she was just like... <laughs> she, was twi- she was twiddling. That's what I mean. Oh, it was so, like, it was so good. He, he, was, he was dragging her around in circles. <laughs> There's another funny bit in this scene I liked as well. I like that because while they're, this whole thing's playing out, um, we, we, we're seeing like Bull and the other firefighters in this lift in this smoky building, blah, blah, blah. And he says something about how um, <laughs> she's hot and smoky, but she ain't rolling around yet. And yeah. Then he cuts to like Baldwin banging mm. that long <laughs> yeah that's that is a good good moment uh, but yeah he he uh he's quite unashamed of it and just says howdy boys when he's on top of the truck with this woman um and then it cuts back to the fire again and um tim's there great nickname tim um and he's been told to one thing he's been told in this film is check the door for heat before you smash it in uh what does yeah. he do smashes the door in without checking the heat and he gets blown away bang so you know another backdraft the big old explosion sort of like boom stupid and um yeah and basically at this point then all the crew sort of look at ball don't they um yeah. and yeah like basically he sort of fucked up like and we get that shot of him on his own and all the guys together and it's yeah. almost saying like yeah ball you fucked this one mate but again it's tim's fault he, sh- he yeah. should they would have told him that at the academy and he's been on this job for a little while now you surely Everyone there, as a firefighter, whether you're a probie or not, should know not to knock a door in, not to break a door in if the door's hot. He should know that. It's not Ball's fault. I know. It's almost like, like you said earlier, it's their first ever fire, and so Ball has to literally hold their hand. Yeah. Like, that's just mental. So you're right, it's pretty harsh. And then we we see Ball, don't we, sort of like in a corner, um, sort of sobbing. Or not sobbing, but he's not, he's upset of what's happened. And even De Niro says, oh, you're right. And he's like, yeah, yeah, It's very, when you think back at it now, it's also very convenient that Brian decided to have sex on a fire truck that's heading to a fire that his mate's about to die at. <laughs> no. Like, <laughs> come on. Um, but then it goes to the hospital. Uh, he's, Tim's very, very badly burnt. Uh, does he mm. die? He does die, doesn't he? Um, I, do you know what? I don't know if it gets... Uh... Oh yeah, I'm not sure if he does. You know, I don't think it gets resolved. I think yeah. I think he's alive. I don't think they make a big song or dance about it. So I no. think it's just sort of left. Well, because it's not the type of film that you want to know someone's living with like 100 percent burns all over his body. <laughs> no, we'll cut that out. Like I say, we don't want to hear about that. No, it's just <laughs> just kind of plaster over that. We don't want to know. 
Um, this is a 90s blockbuster. We don't want to think about that. We just want more fires and action. But uh, talking of action, there's now a row in the hospital and um, about Ball being too much of a maverick. Um, and then someone says to him, you burned him, Stephen. And he goes, fuck you, and smacks him. It's a great punch. Kurt Russell, I know we're, we're licking his ass in this, but Kurt Russell's a good puncher as well, an actor, yeah. acting puncher. It's a great movie I wouldn't puncher. want to be on the end of one of them. Yeah. Like that. But then Brian tackles him. Um, it, did you notice he, he like kind of he picks him up and runs with him and he smacks his head on a sign on the way down? Did you see that? <laughs> no, he didn't. Um, that's amazing. So what he picks up his brother, so he picks up um, he pick, William yeah. Baldwin. And so, no, so William Baldwin picks up Kurt Russell yeah. and kind of tackles it, like dump tackles him. He's like running with him. And then Kurt Russell yeah. hits his head on like an exit sign or something on the ceiling. Um, <laughs> and I was like, they would have had to have done that. And apparently they did a lot of their own stunts in this film as well. It was like a bit of one-upmanship between um, the, the brothers and, and everybody else. Mm. Well, I, I did read that um, everyone involved in the movie was well impressed with, especially Kurt Russell, William Baldwin, for how like into it they got. Yeah. Um, I, I heard that they did a really good job. And I think... I read also that they were they were named as like stunt um, performers That's right, yeah. in the credits, yeah. which is pretty cool, really. So it sounds like they did get well involved and like good on them, especially considering um, Kurt Russell plays stuntman Mike later on, um, and also he plays a, a stunt coordinator in Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Another connection. Yes, good shout. So a movie we did a while back, and obviously this whole stunt thing, you know, running through his career. Yeah, absolutely. There we go. Um, and then we see Swayzak uh, letting slip that a uh, victim's name that hasn't been released. He's in the car and he lets that slip to De Niro. So there's the first kind he of does. hint to De Niro that he might be involved. Yeah, De Niro's way too smart for this. He's like, oh, how, how did you find out that? So we basically, we can tell by just the look, the raise of his eyebrow that De Niro knows that this guy is fucking bent as anything. Yeah. Um, De Niro, just in case you didn't realise that, he's like the the cop that really gets into the mind of the killers, but he gets into the mind of the fire, um, says you've got to yeah. love fire a little. <laughs> you, no, no. you just got to love De Niro, fire a little. He's a little bit psycho as well, isn't Yeah, he? yeah. He's ready to flip. <laughs> yeah. There's nobody in this that's particularly stable, to be honest. No, they're all a bit unhinged, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Mavericks. Um, and then it's uh, it revealed that Swayzak was partners in a business with all three victims. So, again, how stupid is Swayzak? If, if, if you want to... Well, the easiest link ever. Yeah, it's like, okay, these three, there's no connection between these three victims except the fact they're in business with Swayzak. Okay, what does that mean? Either Swayzak's going to be the next victim or he's involved. Let's go get him. Yeah, it's mental. Um, then Ball... Uh, is hanging around at his old house again, creeping around like a weirdo, but his wife finds it sexy, so they end up sleeping together. Yeah. Uh, and then he's having that lovely morning breakfast with his son. This bit's a bit brutal, really. Um, oh, the bit where his son makes that like that mega concoction. And, yeah. Um, you, you know, it's quite sweet, really, isn't it? Like, Ball's like, it's like, he's really happy to be home and yeah. like, you know, things are good. And his wife just like, after shagging him that night, pulls him in in the morning and just goes, yeah, this ain't going to work. Like, she fucks him and chucks him. She fucks him and chucks him. Big time. Big um, time. And like, it's quite sweet. Like he has to sort of say to his son, like, oh, I, I forgot I've got to work today and that. And I'm like, oh, fucking hell. It's pretty brutal. And actually, do you know what? Like in a way, like it is quite good to see because often like blokes are portrayed as like bad, fathers like not being around their kid and this is a guy who like does want to be around his kid do you yeah. know what i mean so it's quite nice to see really that he 
he's a good dad and he wants to be um and like also her whole reason for not, not being with him is, is quite extreme it's that he's too much of a fucking maverick mm. Do you know what I mean? Like, come on. Like, he's a hero, this bloke. Do you know what I mean? And she's like, oh, you're too risky and stuff. Like, yeah, you don't like, like that's you, d- harsh. you don't like him doing things on the whim, but you'll sleep with him on a whim. Um, so, yeah. hypocrite. Big time. Um, and then uh, we see Swayzak uh, drunk and he receives an incident report, the incident report. Um, and Brian's, Brian, Brian's ex hands over the files to, to Brian, doesn't she? She does, yeah, because like I say, she she knows now that he's yeah, you know, guilty of sin. Hands him over to Brian, and um, and this is when um, De Niro and and Brian go to um, go to Swayzak's uh, house. Is it to to confront him? That's right. Um, and I got to be honest, right? This bit confused me. It really did because you, you, maybe I missed something. I was watching pretty hard. So Swayzak, he's he's drunk at his desk. And there's someone, or there's a fire has been set up, or it's going to be set up, is yeah. that right? Like yeah. Explosion. So, now, what? What? Because the thing is, though, that guy's the baddie, though. Do you know what I mean? So I, I'm watching this, and I'm like, what the fuck? Like, why is he in peril? Yeah. So, I think he's the baddie in regards to the corruption and things like that. Yeah. But he, the killer, is Axe, isn't it? Yeah, that's correct. So he's the guy in the mask in the house. So is he killing Swayzak to end all the connections? I don't know. <laughs> now, that does make a little bit of sense. But I think what we've gleaned from that is that this bit of the movie is its just fucking hard to follow. It is. Do you know what I mean? And like both of us, we watch movies like, you know, we're engrossed in them and we watch them like, you know, in a serious way. And so I didn't feel like I missed something. I was like, I've got to be honest. And it's probably, I've got to be honest. And it's probably the same as you. Um, I don't think I cared enough. (laughs) (laughs) You didn't give a fuck. No, I'm, I'm enjoying it as, as what it is, but I don't care about why these things are happening. I really don't. (laughs) I just want to see fires and fights. Yeah, I completely agree, mate. You know, so at this point, it's almost like you're like, mm, I don't get that. Yeah, Whatever. I'll just carry on. <laughs> <laughs> get on with it. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So there's there's a bit of a fire there. Um, there's a gas leak. Um, and um, basically, the master attacker start fighting with him, and then um, he gets <laughs> he gets. Uh, I don't know how this happens, but. He ends up getting burned. So is it because of the magnesium and things in the uh, that start the fire? He puts that up against his back, doesn't he? And it burns his like shoulder blade, um, and and that's what he sees later when he's in the shower. Yeah. So like, there's that plug. Yeah. Um, like, yeah. But that honestly, blink and you'll miss that. Yeah. The amount of people that will that will miss that whole thing is. I'd love to have literally pulled people coming out of the cinema going. Did you get that sort of part of the story? I reckon 80% went, nah, didn't yeah, get that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then obviously sparks plus gas equals boom. Um, yeah. Uh, but on their way out, De Niro spots Swayzak still in there, drags him out. Uh, then the, the explosion happens. Uh, De Niro gets everyone else to safety. He goes flying, but lands on a, on, on railings, doesn't he? He does. He gets sort of impaled, doesn't he? And that—that's sort of him done, then, isn't it? Like you know, the next time you see him, he's sort of holed up in hospital. Yeah. Um. And and Brian like has to sort of take on the fucking mantle a bit, that's like it. the main like 
mean guy. God help us. Yeah. God help Chicago. <laughs> the idiot that knows nothing about fires or firefighting. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it's now in like the most senior job. You yeah. know, you've got to be you've got to be such an expert to do this job. And now the one who doesn't know bugger all is is telling others how things have started, mate. Absolute joke. <laughs> um, but then he goes to see uh, Hannibal Lecter. Sorry, Donald, Ronald, uh, in prison, um, <laughs> and uh, he's getting kicks, isn't he? This Ronald's getting kicks out of um, out of the Life magazine uh, whole whole story. Um, and then he starts asking questions like, did the fire look at you? Which is, yeah. What do you mean, did it look It's so Hannibal Lecter, the way that he won't, he, he says, he basically goes, yeah, I know the answer, but I'm not giving it to you yeah. until you explain to me how you felt about all this. I'm like, fucking hell, brutal. And then his, his question was, who doesn't like fire, but is around trictochlorate all day long? It's just like that's it, and he str- still struggles with that. He's like, oh, I don't know. He's a fucking idiot. He can't put two and two together. Ah, <laughs> uh, and well, th- at he, this he- point, this is where he goes to to um, sort of confront Bull about it, doesn't he? Well, he's got his suspicions, doesn't he? Yeah, well, and Bull doesn't help it because he acts suspicious when he turns up. He's acting weird. Um, he does. Do you know what, mate? I I um I wasn't sure which way it was going to go. I was like, fuck, like no, surely not, like. Will Bull really be the, you know, the torch, as they call it? Yeah. Um, and that, <laughs> excuse the pun, that fire is extinguished pretty quick mm. because uh, the next scene after the boat is at the fire station and this is where uh, um, Brian sees Axe getting out of the shower and he notices the uh, burn uh, socket mark on his back, doesn't he? And that's <laughs> all the proof he needs. I mean, come on. Like, he happens to be in the shower and Axe happens to not care if anyone noticed that he's got a plug burn mark on his back and ask why, how he got it. It's ridiculous, but they're proper eyeballing each other, aren't they? Big time. In that, in that sort of look where it's like, you know I've done it, and I know you've done it. And um, and also, that Axe actually heard um, actually his, uh, sorry, Kurt Russell and Baldwin's conversation outside the fire station, don't they, about, yeah. you know they know who's done it so it's still sort of leading to the fact that um there's a fire that's just about to go off there's a bell's going to go they're all going to go to this fire but they're all going to go in the knowledge that they all know that axe is the one who's fucking doing all this backdraft yeah and do you know what i liked as well I, I like some adr moments in this when they're at that fire we just get a a, a, a bodiless voice in the background going we've got a chemical fire so we know as the audience <laughs> there's a chemical fire so it's quite serious and that happens quite a few times. <laughs> oh, there's a baby inside. Oh, okay. <laughs> Just funny little like yeah. little tidbits around the edge. That's fucking funny. It's like um, sometimes in films they think, oh, you might not notice that guy's got a knife. So let's get a character going. He's got a knife. Uh, it, <laughs> these things happen all the time. They really annoy me. <laughs> I guess that's like day one of like film school. Like yeah. that's how you. Do you know what I mean? That's the most basic way to uh, you know. To plant an image or an idea in the audience brain yeah. say it <laughs> and also hang on i forgot even to mention like, uh, um bull obviously jumps in the engine with axe and then brian follows in a different engine and happens to topple over happens to topple over the, the fire engine so happens then... to topple over oh my god yeah and so he has to walk the rest of the way <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How oh, shit are they? That would happen. I know it's mental. It literally just hits a ramp in the road or whatever. Done it. And then fucking, yeah. yeah. I saw another know. another bit of trivia that said fire engines are specifically made not to topple over. 
Oh, wow. So to actually flip it was a, a, quite a feat. <laughs> was, it was an effort, yeah. Um, so, yeah, they, they, they flip over. He has to walk the rest of the way or run um, and cut to Axe confessing on the roof. Um, and then the, the roof starts to collapse in. And this really reminded me of the Dark Knight Rises, like the, the pitch falling in. Did you, do you remember that? Um, what part in the Dark Knight Rises? Sorry? So you know where they're at the uh, football stadium and the, oh! and the pitch falls away? Yeah, the, so that you've got the guy with the American football running and the whole thing is just yeah. falling as we're watching. Yeah, I can see like you know the similarity. Definitely. It's very similar, running away from a hole being created from a sinkhole type thing. Uh, just oh. let's call back to that. I'm wondering whether the Dark Knight Rises was referencing it. I doubt it. Um, but then um, Brian conveniently falls down an elevator shaft into a pool of water. <laughs> I know, like the one place you'd want to fall if you're going to fall in there is, yeah, into, you know, uh, uh, basically a swimming pool. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he's lucky in one way, but then the water starts rising into a fire or electrical fire. Um, yeah. So, oh, no, gas and, fire, isn't it? Sorry. Yeah. And then basically, ball saves him, doesn't he? And like the whole, it's really sort of come full circle because Brian had the balls to like go up that ladder when, you know, Bull and Axe were at the top arguing. Um, Bulls now saved his brother, and like in a way, in such a way that he's almost saying, like, fucking hell, you're a brave man now. Like, Mate, he like, didn't just on sa- my level. He didn't just save his brother. He jumped yeah. through a, a gas fire that was <laughs> spitting out <laughs> molten gas, and he jumped through it to turn the lever off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> one thing actually, I got to mention is that the um, the fires and the action sequences and the the, the way they're all done in this film, I think it's like, so it looks so good still. It looks great. Especially because I know, I think it got oh, a yeah. nomination for, um, an Oscar nomination for the effects. Yeah. And I, I can see why. So 30 years old we're talking. Yeah. And you know, I, I, I was watching and I don't like look for these things massively, but if something looks shit, then I always notice it. Same. And I didn't think any of the fires looked shit. I thought it looked all very realistic. Sorry, their actions weren't, but they actually, fires you know and they looked like they were right next to these fires and they, they were really there and i just thought wow that's been filmed really really well and done cleverly and also fire acting in ways you've never seen it before did you see the way they achieved the kind of fire crawling across the floor and stuff like that because it doesn't usually act like that it usually wants to go up um that was cool did you suppose you find out how they did that yeah they basically built the room upside down and <sighs> and then oh. set fire to it and then filmed the cameras upside down etc um wow yes yeah, so, and then flipped it um, that's so, really really cool and i mean it must be so difficult to make a film like this um with this much fire oh, this man. much risk this stressful much, you know what i mean yeah and I, I reckon that's why you don't get loads and loads of you know big firefighter movies because no. what a great subject matter firefighter movies but what a difficult thing to film mm. and yeah it's they're rare do you know what i mean good ones are like rare or yeah. interesting ones are rare so yeah, it's getting pretty intense in this old abandoned warehouse and uh, there's chemical barrels going up like fireworks um, and then uh, they're running off to, you know, the brothers are running to to get to safety. Uh, but boom, Brian gets an axe to the face. Um, how, did he, <laughs> how did he not die? Uh, <laughs> Mental. <laughs> absolutely crazy. Like, did he just butt him with it? No, he, did, he threw an axe. He like swung an axe at him and somehow he's, he's, he's fine afterwards. But then there's a showdown between axe and bull. I like this bit. Yeah, this is this is a good bit. Like I say, it proper like sort of comes to a head. The only thing is though, is um, it, it's a bit of an anticlimax because um, Axe just falls onto his knees, doesn't he, at one point, and then just like starts crying. Yeah, he, he drops the axe um, in surrender, um, 
but then a convenient explosion splits the walkway into two, separating Brian from <laughs> Alex and Bo- uh, Axe and Bull. So it's uh, everything just happens in this. Just you just got to go with it. You just got to ignore the fact that none of this makes sense. Um, we get that line again, don't we? Like, so you've got Bull <laughs> holding Axe, you know, above our fire, and he says, "Be the whole you go, we go," and yeah. this time it doesn't fucking work. And Boff, he, he falls into the fire, yeah. and the baddie is dead. Yeah, and then we get a great old school action film steve steven no <laughs> as he falls <laughs> um yes needed and another thing that just conveniently happens here is they 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 both fall um axe and steven slash bull um but steven is conveniently um pushed over a, onto a ledge walkway um and is severely injured but not dead uh whereas axe just falls to his death <laughs> Convenient. They fell together holding each other, but somehow one of them fell onto a walkway and the other one just fell to the death. So <laughs> um and then the seventeenth arrive, um, but they get blown away basically, don't they? they? Get blown away, their hose breaks and starts going around like a, a rabid snake. Yeah. And th- this is where, you know, the Brian like really becomes the firefighter that, you know, he, his brother and his father as we mm. want him to, because he basically grabs the hose. Actually, I do like this bit because he, he, he acts like the, the hose is like a gun and, you know, it's flying around all over the place. And I like it how, um, how Kurt Russell says, um, that's my brother, goddammit. Like, do you like that? That was my worst line in the film. Look at him. Oh, I liked it. It was like, look at him. That's my brother, goddammit. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I think, I think it must, it might be like him delivering it, but like, yeah. I don't know, it just put a smile on my face. He was, like, a, <laughs> was like, oh. But out of nowhere, he became a one man hose wielding firefighter. Like, just he, suddenly he knew everything. All he needed to become a good firefighter was belief so he didn't need knowledge or experience or instincts <laughs> he just needed to believe in himself a bit more that's it what a message this movie you know, yeah delivers. don't do all the hard work <laughs> just believe in yourself see uh, do you mean just get yourself just but you know at that moment just think you can do it <laughs> wing it become a firefighter don't listen in any of these academies or these lessons don't listen just wing it <laughs> that's it just turn up on the day with a fucking big old jacket on an axe and a helmet and yeah. run around you'll be fine <laughs> listen to ball <laughs> and then we get another classic trope when 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 a a, a a friend has gone bad in a film they always kind of cover it up for them don't they so he basically says don't mm. tell them about axe it will hurt the department and he's like i won't so they agree to just say it's got nothing to do with him um and he says i beat it the fire never got me um basically starts sleeping away uh, slipping away doesn't he and we get yeah. the, the classic beep of the uh, the heart monitor and uh, clear compressions standard. And uh, Kurt Russell dies for the second time in this movie. <laughs> That's it. He's no mourner. It cuts to, to to Chicago streets, bagpipes, a uh, big funeral for for the firefighters, isn't it? That's it. Proper funeral march. Um, yeah. Uh, and then uh, Swayzak gets served during the press conference. Um, he basically gets told that he's 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 in big trouble, and then yeah, uh, again, very like police movie. When it they burst in, I'm thinking you're a fire lieutenant. Like surely you can't be like arresting people. I don't know. I don't know the rules, but whatever. Obviously, a lot goes on in this movie that doesn't sound yeah. very realistic. But yeah, so De Niro busts the busts in, doesn't he? Yeah, and then it cuts to Brian's back on duty. He's he's now telling Probies what to do. He's now experienced because yeah. he's been in the job a couple of months, um, and then. Uh, 
things do yeah things move fast in that job don't they um and yeah then- you, you get the you, the lieutenant um sitting in the front seat of the truck he looks bad doesn't he and he sees brian yeah helping him and he smiles and i think he's in that you know he's thinking oh that was just like what Buller would have done yeah and then he just looks out the window and smiles and uh yeah. And then we just get a, a crane shot, don't we, of uh, the engine going down the street and a fire in the distance, and and there we go. So um, yeah, and then like I say, uh, you alluded to earlier, you know, the fact that it's not New York all the time. We're actually seeing like Chicago cityscape. It's mm. something a bit different, and yeah, um, and then obviously the credits roll, and that is backdrop. Yeah, exactly. So, mate, what are your uh, what are your final thoughts on this? What do you think? Um, so what I think is that um, I think this film in lots of ways is a shit movie um but that's not to say i didn't enjoy it um i did enjoy watching this movie um i, I enjoyed watching it and i've enjoyed picking holes in it like fuck tonight like yeah. massively so um i think this is a proof of that a movie can be crap in a number of ways but still be enjoyable and yeah. that's exactly what i thought of this film um really like cut russell in it really hated the william baldwin character um really liked the action sequences but really hated most of the plot. Um, hated the fact that there was this. Basically, there was too much going on. I thought the the fire investigating part was interesting, but it was confusing. I thought the brother bit was like really cliche. So basically, a lot I thought was crap about this film. But saying all that, quite enjoyable. So if I was going to score it, I would score this film a a five. A five, nice. Okay. Um, what about you, mate? So, what did you think? What would you do? What as you you, you'd probably pick up uh, during our chat here, um, <laughs> I basically agree with what you just said. I, I enjoyed the film uh, very much um, whilst watching it, but it is a load of old tripe. Um, <laughs> it's pretty badly, lazily written. I think in some of it, pretty lazily written. So there's a lot of too many coincidences. I think they say in screenwriting or even story writing that one coincidence in a in a screenplay is fine. Any more than that, uh, you're being lazy. Um, and there's a lot of coincidences. And, and you're fine. Yeah, yeah. So there's, <laughs> there's too many coincidences. There's too too many lazy route one decisions when it comes to not only the story but the dialogue. Um, but there's some good performances in it. I love Kurt Russell. Robert De Niro's always good, except when he's in a comedy sometimes. Um, uh, Donald Sutherland's hilarious tune-up series, um, uh, tune-up scenery. Um, William Bolden, I don't hate him. I just don't, I just, he's not, he doesn't do anything for me. He doesn't, he's, he's, he's kind of vanilla in this, I think. Um, direction wise, it's fine. I don't think I'm a massive fan of any Ron Howard films, to be honest. Um, like this one i can enjoy them but i don't think any of them are masterpieces if we go through like what he's directed before I, I, i'm trying to think of one that i do do like the thing with him he seems like a proper just run of the mill yeah his films will always be okay and i know that they got him in to save the the han solo movie and That's right. it's almost like they were like fuck right it's not going the way we wanted let's just get Ron Howard in. It'll be fine. Like it won't be amazing, but it won't be bad. It will just be, mm. it'll be okay. It'll work and it will be a functioning film. I yeah. Think. He's done a few. That like. I, he's done a few that I quite like, but again, they're all shit good. So there's splash cocoon. Apollo 13 good. Ransom's good. Um, yeah. A, a beautiful mind. I agree. A beautiful mind's all right. A beautiful mind. Yep. Um, Frost Nixon. That's really good. Um, so yeah, he ha- has done some really good films. Um, uh, Da Vinci Code, uh, Cinderella Man, 
Oh God! Um, but yeah, he's yeah he he's one of the he's like a a reliable set of hands, isn't he? He's not he's not flashy. He's he'll get it done. Oh, um, and it'll be it, like I reckon studios look at it and say, look, you know, this isn't going to like set the world alight. Another little pun, <laughs> but um, you know, they're like they're like a Ron Howard movie will generate X amount of millions of dollars. People will go and they'll say, oh, that's fine. That's a standard six out of ten, and, yeah. and that'll be enough for them. So I'm sure you know he'll go on to carry on, you know, making many many movies, and they will be absolutely fine. Yeah, yeah. So my my final word really is that. Uh, I've added an extra half a point for nostalgia. I think if I'd watched this um, uh, straight out of the box, never seen it before, I, I don't think I would have been as forgiving. But I remember loving it as a kid, not loving it, but liking it as a kid. And it, it reminds me of sitting down watching it with my brother and my dad. So I added, I don't think overly generously, half a star for that. So I've actually given it five and a half stars. Fair enough. And I, I agree that that extra half, you know, for nostalgia is important because, like, People who think nostalgia isn't a thing is mental. Like it's a big, big thing. Yeah. Um, and do you know what I mean? Like I think it's important to re- watch something and go, "This is awful," but because I liked it as a kid, it has more of an effect. What was it the other day we we're talking about? And I said, "Ah, oh, I watched something," and I said I didn't have any previous. Oh, that was it. The Goonies. Yes. So the Goonies. Do you know what I mean? That was a, that was a good film. That was okay. I enjoyed it. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. But if you liked it as a kid, you're going to like it 10 times more, you know, or half a point more, whatever, 100%. because it has more of a feeling. So, yeah, yeah I think good shout on that, Ben. Well, mate, while we were just talking about um, Howard and oh. and uh, reviewing, um, I came across a review um, from, I, think, I believe it was the Mirror, no, it was the Washington Post. Um, oh. uh, and that th- it was basically a one-line review. Um, that I found funny and it basically said director Howard is so mesmerized by the flames he squirts formulaic lighter fluid over everything which just summed up exactly <laughs> exactly what I think of the film so that's from the Washington Post um, and that got me thinking I wonder whether you can tell which film these one star reviews from Amazon are talking about <laughs> this is going to be funny so I'm calling this Review mirror, as in rear view mirror, but re- review mirror. <laughs> rear view mirror. Yeah, review Love mirror. Love it. Review mirror. So I'm going to, these are all ones. I think they're all one star. Hang on. Because I think there was a few. Oh, no. There's there's a couple of. No, there's a. Yeah. No, no they're not all one star. There's a one, one star. Uh, there's one two star and one four star, but I chose them because they're still funny. But they're basically mm-hmm. reviews, reviews of films. And I'm wondering whether you can, from the title and the review themselves, which are all short, <laughs> guess what the film is. Are you ready? Oh, I'm ready, mate. Let's do this. Okay, so I'm going to give you the year of this one. This film's from 2012. And the review, there was absolutely no magic in this movie at all. Huge letdown. One star. <laughs> Oh, okay. Um, 2012 Magic. Um, was it Magic Mike? Spot on, mate. Well done. <laughs> Someone is kicked off yeah. because this wasn't a magic movie. This was about a stripper. Yeah, an Amazon, an Amazon customer, <laughs> Amazon verified purchase has bought this, turned up, and there's no magic in it. That's amazing. Oh, my God. I love it. But to be fair, it is a point of view, you know? Yeah. That person was going in expecting the wrong thing. And, um, you know, someone, you know, that that will hopefully inform someone's decision whether they want to watch it or not. It just shows you that um, expectations can cloud judgment. Yeah. We say it all the time, don't we? Yeah. So this one, 1989. 
This was the most unrealistic load of crap that one could ever see in their life. Time travel is only possible at 180,000 miles per second, not 88 miles per hour. One star. <laughs> uh, this would have to be Back to the Future. Yeah, specifically part two, but Back to the Future will do fine. I love it that they're like they're moaning about the uh, you know the the fact that the speed is is you know yeah. the issue in the sequel as well. <laughs> yeah, like I say, like you know, it's like they liked the first one, and then they, they, I don't know, maybe they watched the first, second one first. But yeah. <laughs> okay, so this one is from 2013, and the title of this review is "Ruined My Kids' Scholastic Life." Scholastic, as in school life. Oh, well, that's a posh word anyway, yeah. sorry. Uh, so the full review goes, all my kids talk about is Elsa and Anna. She used to be a straight <laughs> A student. No, sorry. All my kid talks about is Elsa and Anna. She used to be a straight A student, but her last paper she wrote in class was Why I Like Olaf. <laughs> what a legend. <laughs> um, they must be talking about the movie uh, Frozen. Correct, yes. Oh my god, that is harsh giving it a one star though because, um, that sounds to me like the movie like did, you know was a five star. It perfectly <laughs> capsulated the kids' match. Do you know what I mean? Exactly. It, it, and they're giving it one star. They get what they they're doing is they're annoyed about the after effects of how good the movie was. Like, I don't know. Exactly. Well, that's the problem. With a lot of these Brutal. reviews aren't proper reviews. They're, they're their experiences afterwards and things. Brutal. Here we go. So this is from 2013. Uh, the title of this review is graphic. Hmm. and the review goes I did not like the treatment of people one star <laughs> um, off the top of my head I'm a bit hostile <laughs> no not far off I think hostile was a bit um, earlier than that this is 2013 is it um, is it one of the Saw movies no it's it's a bit more of a serious movie I say a bit more it's much more of a serious movie Oscar contention Okay, graphic. Uh, oh, what could this be? Might need a clue on this one, Dan. Well, who who generally don't get treated very well? Um, women. <laughs> what? In, in, I don't want to talk about your house, George. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, shut up, Sean. <laughs> I was thinking of um, slaves. Oh, okay. So, um. Absolutely good movie. Like, how the fuck did this get one star? This would be 12 Years a Slave. Yeah, I do not like the treatment of people in 12 Years a Slave. No shit. <laughs> no shit. One star. Oh, mate. They should have given it five yeah. because of how they felt about it. That's the thing. I think these people, they don't really understand how, how, it, no. how it works. Do you mean, I don't know. They're just not getting it. Now, this film, this film is twice as good as all the rest so far because it's two stars. Um, so this is from 1984 and the title is what did, what did I expect? And the review goes, I remembered watching this in a theater. I didn't remember all the spirit issues that they deal with. Not what we need in this home. All the spirit issues. Um, (sighs) uh, as a guess, poltergeist. No, think more mainstream. About about spirits. Nineteen eighty four. Nineteen eighty four spirits. Oh, what can it be? Oh, 
No, I think that's a bit later than that. Also, is this is this, a, is this a lovey dovey film? No, it's uh, oh. comedy. Oh, oh, okay. I think this will be Ghostbusters. It is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they gave it two stars. Two stars because they remembered watching it in the theatre, but didn't remember all the spirit issues that they had to deal with. Not what we what want in this watching? home. <laughs> I love that line at the end, though. Not what we want in this house. Yeah. <laughs> uh, here's a good one. I'm not going to give you the year for this one. Uh, the Phantom Menace was better. This movie was the worst by far. There was only one lightsaber fight, and they didn't even do any spins and stuff. <sighs> so, um, it, it alludes to it being like part of the Star Wars uh, universe. Obviously, the Phantom Menace has already come out, so I'd probably guess it episode two. No, Star Wars. Star Wars. <laughs> so, so they're saying what? the Phantom Menace is better than a New Hope. Um, what the fuck? <laughs> this movie was the worst by far. There was only one lightsaber fight, and they didn't even do any spins and stuff. Oh my god! Yeah, I know what they're getting at. Do you mean like they're just? Cause, I mean, to be honest, what? If you watch, obviously, like you know the the prequel trilogy, and like, and then you watch the old ones, you might a few bits go, "Gosh, it's a bit yeah. tame, it's a bit tame," you know what I mean? But fucking hell, that's mental. I get the feeling that was written by someone who was born in two thousand five. Yeah, yeah. Don't you love when? Well, not love, but it just make, always makes me laugh when younger people talk about something like something is the first one, and yeah. you're and you're thinking that's not the first. Like they've had four albums already, or or um. Or like one yeah. example, Kings of Leon. A lot of people think Kings of Leon, their first album was that Sex and Fire album. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking, no, no, no. They had much better stuff back in the day. That, that Mo- Molly's Chamber. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, banger. And um, I love this, even with films as well. Like you know, like you say, I got a lot of kids going like, oh, episode one, fucking blah 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 blah. But nah, it's before that. Yeah. Like people refer to um, the the prequel trilogy as as uh, the old uh, the older films. <laughs> <laughs> no oh my god no the original oh, no. anyway next one 2012 the title of this one is why and then <laughs> WTF is wrong with filmmakers today this has captured my daughter's f- flights of fancy and now she thinks she can sing we have to eventually tell her but I'm lacking a tactful way to save her from her voice one star Oh my god, brutal! So he's basically kicking off because he said his daughter can't sing. He's reviewing his daughter's singing, or she, she's sorry, she's re- reviewing her daughter's singing rather than the film. Oh, that is fucking brutal. So what? Um, what so, film would make a kid want to sing? Oh, um, well, there was a film called Sing. It's not that. No, it's earlier than that. Two thousand twelve. I would. I think kid might be a bit misleading. I would say a little bit old. Not uh, not too much older, but like uh, tens and overs yeah. would probably love this film. Um. Uh, was it Zach Efron heavy? No, it's not. No, it's late, oh, later than that. Think it might be High School Musical. Um, it's similar to High School Musical, but it's more focused on the singing itself. It's actually part of the film. Okay, so oh, what would this be? I feel like when you tell me, I'll know it. But shall I tell you? Um, yeah, go for it, Dan. Pitch perfect. Oh, is this the Anna Kendrick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Series? Apparently, yeah, they're really good. Actually, yeah, 
um, Shah really likes them. Yeah, and, I've never seen um, I've watched. I've watched uh, two of them, I think, and they're not bad. They've got that Rebel Wilson in. She's always quite funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, they're not bad. Not too bad. Okay, well, next one. 2014. The title is, What Happened to the Others? And the review goes, <laughs> Where are films one to five? Oh, my God. So, where are films one to five? So, this is obviously so sick. Oh, could this... Hmm. I was going to say Mission Impossible. No. Something with six movies. Uh, you might be going down the wrong path there, mate. Oh. The reason this is funny is because it's a film with six in the title, but there are no one to five. See, the first thing I thought was two... Uh, sorry, I was thinking Six Sense, but that was... Two, oh, actually, wait. The review or the movie from 2014, sorry. The movie's from 2014. <laughs> Oh, God, yeah. Because I was thinking, it could be Sixth Sense, then I thought, well, that was like 99, so it can't be that. So, something with the sixth. Um, oh! Uh, it's not, it's not, sixth underground. it's not sixth, it's six. Six. Um, uh, oh. So, basically, a movie title with six in it, but it's not the sixth one, it's just part of it. Yeah. Um, it's animated. It's got uh, Japanese culture in it and San Francisco culture in it. Oh, oh, I know what this is. Yes. This is Big Hero 6. Yes. <laughs> yes. But where's Big I Hero 5? That's, that's amazing. I love that someone thought that. <laughs> and out of all the ones you've read out, that's the first one where I can sort of 1%, actually more than 1%, I can go, yeah. Yeah, I, I get it. can understand yeah. their point. That's amazing. I can't actually remember why it's called Big Hero 6. Well, do you know what, right? Um, I only know it's not five others, and that's only because I feel like I follow like films a yeah. bit. So I reckon a lot of people, my mum, my for example, she would think it's the sixth one, 100%. Yeah. No, I, I think there are a lot of people. I think uh, my my, yeah. my wife would. <laughs> yeah, I really think that yeah. that would be you know common. Right, next one, mate. 1997 title of the review is this could never happen and the review goes oh yeah a boat this big could really sink one star <laughs> um this has got to be um titanic it is, yeah. <laughs> that is amazing like they they're not aware that is a real thing no that is mental that is amazing right next one 2013 there were no wolves in this movie one star Oh, um, there are no wolves in this movie. So I'm thinking it's going to be uh, a, a movie with the word wolves in the title. Um, hmm. Anyone that springs out to me is way, way too early. Um, wolves. It's not wolves, it's the singular. Wolf. Oh, I know what this will be. Oh, my God. Um, so this will be uh, the wolf of Wall Street. Yeah, it got one star because there's no wolves in it. True, there wasn't. Um, and it was poorer for it. <laughs> this next one, I think, might be my favourite. Uh, so this is 2016. Not for kids, four exclamation marks. Porno movie using grocery store items. OMG. <laughs> Also, I think we saw this together. We did on a round. We just went for a meal and decided to go. 
for random. Yes, yeah. I, I literally love nights like that. We yeah. just went to Harvester and then we're like, should we just go to the cinema? Like 10.30, like yeah. it's really cool. And um, this will be, um, the review's actually spot on. Um, this will be a, a sausage, no, sausage fest, is no, that it? Closed sausage party. Sausage, sausage party, that's it. Yeah, um, yeah th- that review is pretty spot on. It's yeah. a big old pool towards the end. Right, so this is 2011. The title of the review is Great Flick. Highly recommend it, but it's one star. Um, <laughs> and the review goes, this movie has one star, and that star is Ryan Gosling. Great flick, highly recommend it. <laughs> so they've given it one star, great flick, highly recommend it. But this movie has one star, and that is Ryan Gosling. And what year was the movie? 2011. I like this movie. Um... Ryan Gosling so it, it could be The Notebook too late for that I think too late for that it could be Drive it is Drive Drive yeah it's a good film that's actually a film that I um, I, I watched after getting the poster you know the poster and um, yeah, oh, re- really you ne- oh yeah we spoke about it didn't we Drive. that was crazy yeah um, and um, it's an interesting movie um, it's like there's not a lot of talking in that film. Do you know no, what I mean? It's, it's no. all like it's all like vistas. It's like, all about like, yeah cityscapes. It's all looks the mood. All looks yeah. and trousers. Um, which was yeah, which was interesting. But so they absolutely love the movie and they gave it one star. Yeah, me, just because it was a fun sentence to say. <laughs> right. Okay. This one is 1980. It's hard to believe that a hotel that size in Colorado would close in the winter. With all the skiing business, one star. That's good. I like that. Um, so uh, th- this would have to be um, the Shining. Exactly right, mate. Exactly. With all right. that skiing business. <laughs> also, was it definitely in Colorado? I don't know. I just I wasn't sure. Where was the Overlook? I don't know where that is. I Maybe it is. I don't know. I'm not sure. So this last one, I'm going to blank. They mentioned the name of the film in the title, and it's also. Um, I'll read it out to you. So it's a four-star review, this one. It's from 1996, and it says, This movie has the potential to be a five-star movie, yet loses a star because Daffy Duck is underutilised. <laughs> um, so I think this will be um, Space Jam. Spot on, mate. Well done. <laughs> and they didn't like it that Daffy Duck was underutilised. <laughs> Um, my favourite by far one is the Titanic one <laughs> it's funny isn't it that's mental because like some of them I'm like okay ridiculous points but you know it, it is their point but the Titanic one is mental that is bad you know like it just it's just bad on so many levels do you know what I mean they're slagging yeah. off like quite a good film and they're just completely like not you know not educated enough to know that it did happen you know in some form like that is mental. I do like and the some bigger I do, movies. I do like the sausage party one for the fact that some kids have obviously sat down and watched sausage party. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and they're like, not for kids. Mark. <laughs> well, oh, I love it, mate. That was really good, mate. There were some fucking good films there. Good. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, I got one for you, mate. And um, I, I for the first, well, maybe not the first time, but I actually came up with a name for the for the game. Yes, mate. Um, so it's not the best name, but the, the name is um, the name of the game is um, Chicago. Chicago, stop! <laughs> right. So 
all it is, it'll be, it'll be quite a quick fire one. But what I was going to do, mate, is I was going to read some movies to you. And all you had to do is you had to tell me whether you think the film was um, was was set in Chicago. Um, nice. And for a little bonus point as well, is you might uh, have a guess at where the film is set. Can I know? can I um, can I suggest a, a, a better title? <laughs> Go for it, though. No, I'm, I'm interested in this. Go for it. Chicago, me. Chicago, or Chicago? <laughs> oh yes, I like it. <laughs> so yeah, we'd definitely go with that. Right. Chicago or Chicago? Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Okay, cool. Um, so like I say, some of these movies are filmed in Chicago, some of them aren't. Um, so we'll like I say, some of them might be a guess, some of them we might know, mate. So I'll start with the first one, mate. The first one um, is a film we both like. Is um, True Lies. Do you reckon that was filmed in? Oh, sorry, set in Chicago or, or not set in Chicago? I feel that was more like Florida way. Uh, it's more. Tro- oh, was that just because I'm thinking of that bridge scene? You're right with that bridge scene. I'm thinking of his home address oh, okay. where he lives with sort of Disney. Ah, right. and- I think that might be. That's more city. But is that? Yes, yeah, don't think it. No, I think I think Chicago. It's not in Chicago, no. Oh. Um, basically, you know, you're right about the tropics, mate. So half the film sort of takes place like down in Florida or whatever. Um, he isn't in Chicago. He actually lives in, in Washington, D.C. Um, yeah, yeah. There's a few shots oh, he's of a, like... He's a fucking spy, isn't he? He is indeed. So the next one, mate, is um, is, is a movie um, called... Uh, uh, a Christian Bell movie, The Fighter. Do you remember that with Matt Damon? Yes, and I've seen. Do you it. think that was in Chicago, or do you think it was filmed somewhere else, or set somewhere else? I should say. I've got a feeling it was something like Boston or something like that. So I'm going to say Chicago. No. You're absolutely right, Chicago. No, and you want to go with Boston as your um, as your city, and you'd be spot on, mate. Yeah. Well done on that. Very well done. And you're absolutely right. There's loads of scenes then sort of running through, like you know, a, 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 a sort of a downtrodden, yeah, Boston sort mm. of area. So. Spot on. Um, the next one, mate, is um, the Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers. Now they go on tour. Um, oh, I can't remember the Blues. Where are the Blues known for being? You'd think that'd be down south, but are they bringing it to Chicago? I'm going to say Chicago. Chicago. Well done. Yeah. Yeah, Blues Brothers, that was a, a Chicago movie. And from doing like a little bit of like looking up on this, I think Chicago is like quite proud of like doing that film. Like they like the, basically New York sort of takes the limelight on, on movies massively, as we, as, you know, as we know. But the, mm. Chicago are like really proud of some of their movies. Yeah. Um, the next one then is, um, is uh, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, do you think that was filmed in Chicago or um, do you think it was filmed somewhere else? See, other films in that oeuvre include Home Alone, which is in Chicago. It would make sense for Ferris Bueller to be in Chicago because it's part of the... Um, I'm going to say Chicago. Chicago, well yeah. done. I got that via a director's link to Chicago, so... Oh, okay, so what? Do they share the same director, Home Alone and... John Hughes. Oh, John Hughes, okay, yeah. so directed, yeah, one and the other. Nice, and yeah, um, I watched that uh, this year, oh, sorry, last year, that Ferris 
Beulah's day off. And um, yeah, like I say, there's there's some good scenes in Chicago with like that big parade. And That's that. right. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I haven't seen um, that for probably a similar time as Backdraft, to be honest. Oh, wow. Long yeah. time. And that is actually a, a good movie actually i really enjoyed mm. that um the next one then is this is a film actually i haven't seen um so road to P- perdition road to perdition i have and it's a really good film um mm, looks good tom, tom hanks tom gangsters hanks. and stuff yeah. looks cool um ah oh, it's very gangstery obviously chicago has a long history of gangsters but so do new york and other places it feels very Chicago gangsters. They're all wearing like long coats. It's gloomy. So I'm, I'm guessing it's East Coast, but is it New York? I don't remember any New Yorkness in it. I'm going to go Chicago. Chicago! Hey! Well, mate, you did very well. Um, like, you know, well worked out. Nice. Um, the next one is um, is Saturday Night Fever. Ah, oh, that's New York, isn't it? Chicago, no. It is Chicago now, and you're spawn with the city as well, New York. So Bosh. very well done. That is good. That's difficult because obviously, you know, I mean, there's not a million miles between New York and Chicago. So to get that, no. you know, it's very good. Um, the next one then is um, The Fugitive. Oh, good one. Again, wintry. Um, he heads. So, okay. So when he's escaping, he ends up like beside rivers and things like that which i know it sounds random but i feel that's more it's not new york i don't think it's new york but could it be washington or something what did he do he was a surgeon wasn't he so that doesn't really give me a clue it could be chicago it could be new york i doubt it though could it be washington i can't remember what the conspiracy was about to be honest um i'm gonna say chicago Chicago! Yeah. <laughs> well done. You did really well. Um, you, you're right. It, like, I haven't seen that film for years, but it well could have been like Washington, you know. Yeah, it, um, yeah no, but well done, mate. Um, the next one then is um, is Nightcrawler, Jake Gyllenhaal film, Nightcrawler. I feel like that was LA. So I'm going to say Chicago, no. Chicago, no. And you're absolutely right on the city. It was LA. Yes. It, was, it was East Coast. So well done, mate. That was spot on. Um, last couple, mate. Uh, the next one, Candyman, the the original uh, what ninety two, I think it was. Uh, Candyman. So, I have a feeling that I always thought this was New York. I'm pretty sure I listened to a podcast. I I, I listened to a very good podcast. If you're looking for re- recommendations, always uh, called um, the Evolution of Horror. Oh, cool. And I think it was on that recently. Uh, not recently, last year. Um, and I listened to it. And I've got a feeling it wasn't New York, and I thought it was. But it's in... Because basically the murders happen in like a the projects type area. Yeah. In like a yeah. tower block, um, doesn't yeah. it? And there's like a lot of racial elements to it. Mm. Um, but was, was that in New York or was it in Chicago? Again, I feel like it was somewhere cold... I'm going to say Chicago. Chicago? Yeah. Yes. Well done. Again, you know, that could have easily been New York. So mm. spot on for that, mate. Um, I've got three more. Um, One we talked about already uh, this evening is Drive. 
Drive, drive, drive. Uh, hmm. Oh, good question. I mean, he wears a coat all the way through it. Mm. <laughs> oh, that's a cool guy, isn't it? Yeah. That's a cool guy. I always remember I worked in a call centre a while ago when this film came out and one of the guys working there uh, walked in with that coat on one day and then uh, got so much uh, piss ripped out of him that he never wore it again. <laughs> Oh my god! You can't. You can only pull it off if you're Ryan Gosling yeah. and you're a you're a, you know you're a driver and a, and a yeah. you know, for bank jobs and stuff. It doesn't work. Yeah, we called him Gosling from then on. <laughs> whenever we saw him, I was like, "All right, Gosling." Uh, okay, I don't feel like that is Chicago, but I can't think. I can't. It's been a while since I watched that as well. But I'm going to say Chicago. No. You're right. It's Chicago. No. Do you want to just have a guess on the on the on the city? Hmm. <laughs> I'm feeling. Just, I can say any idea where it, like yeah, it might be set. The only thing that's swaying me towards LA is the 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 poster being all like neon lights and stuff like that, and being a bit like pinky and it feeling. Mm. Or no, actually, I'm feeling more like Miami or something like that. But um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm going to say LA. You'd be spot on with LA. Yeah. Well You're right. It's got that. You can easily say Miami because it's got that Vice City eighty yeah. vibe in it, like on yeah. the poster. But no. You're absolutely right, mate. LA. Um, two more. Um, The Exorcist. Um, do you think that was filmed in, uh, or sorry, set in Chicago or, or not? Oh, I know where this was set. I don't think. Uh, is it Chicago? Um, again, I watched something with you know Mark Commode's favourite film in the world is. Um, exorcist yeah um i watched uh an old uh documentary that he made uh, about it a while ago on youtube oh is it the the fear of god that's it yeah, yeah. mate i watched it like not that long ago oh, like, really? literally in the last like two three months yeah just i would basically i don't know why there's an like, exorcist vibe but i did, couldn't be bothered to watch the movie i, lo- I love the film but yeah um uh, you know but i i basically i i I've watched it before that documentary, but I like it because it just gives you like a bit of an exorcist hit without watching it. Yeah, no, it's, it's great. Yeah. And he's so passionate yeah. about it. And I've got a yeah. feeling, and it's not one of the places you'd usually think that something, uh, usual Hollywood films are films. It's not LA or New York, um, but I don't think it's to Chicago either. I, I think it's in DC. I think it's in Washington. So Chicago, no. You are absolutely spot on. Get in. Um, absolutely spot on. So, absolutely right. It's it's set in a in a in, a, in the suburb Georgetown. Of That's right, Georgetown. Washington, yeah. DC. That's what I was trying um, to think and, of, Georgetown. Yeah. Yeah, and like, good shout like, on that documentary they, that you know William Friedkin he, he mentioned about how like they saw these like leafy suburbs of you know around yeah and and they thought that in the autumn is going to look fucking yeah. great and on, the con- on, on, contrast on of those leafy suburbs against like the literal like spirit of the devil and god and yeah yeah crazy it just works so well so really well done mate and the last one um is the untouchables uh again gangsters um Irish gangs Italian gangsters Chicago oh and actually in the untouchables they who are they going after they are going after Al Capone aren't they so is that Chicago or is it Al Capone ended up at Alcatraz which is San Francisco 
So is it San Francisco? It doesn't feel like San Francisco. It feels like they're all, again, they're all wearing hats and long coats in it, aren't they? I'm going to say Chicago. Chicago! Yeah! <laughs> well done. I enjoyed that. That was a really good game, mate. Chicago, Chicago. Love it. Chicago. So, yeah, uh, what I think is interesting is that where something is set, sometimes it doesn't make a blind bit of difference, but other times it, is, it can be. Like, I mean, we're talking there about one country, really, like the yeah. USA, but, you know, four, five, six different cities, and it has a totally different feel on, on the movie. Yeah. And um, sometimes, like, those places do really stick with you, don't they? Even though they're not the main, like, crux of the film. Well, I think uh, it, me getting mo- most, if not all of them right, kind, is kind of, it's not me knowing what they are. It just shows oh. that all the cities across the, the US have a different feel and a different climate. Yeah. And you can kind of deduce at least what coast they're on and therefore and then you know cities have trademarks and feels and looks and and landmarks and stuff like that that you'd you'd notice and um yeah i think you can deduce most of the time even if they're not a big character in the film like if you said rocky everyone knows where it's set it's Hmm. it's not one of those you know where it is if you say something like taxi driver or or um goodfellas or or casino or something like that, people all know where they're set but it's harder with some of the films where it's not actually part of the film it's just set there yeah and sometimes it's, it's the little things like the color of a building yeah. or how wide the the motorway was in that scene or how the people like, are dressed you know, what cars they yeah, drive yeah all those sort of things that's it it's all stuff like that i know just things like that i just think are really fascinating mm. like how the tiniest little things can make the whole film feel so different you know like setting wise so you did really well so very well done thanks mate, mate. i really enjoyed that um, one um so cool. i think there's only Excellent. one thing left to do isn't there there is. And I'll tell you what, mate, I'm still in like a quandary of basically of what to pick. Not because I haven't picked, but basically I cannot pe- I cannot decide what to pick. I'll tell you, I won't, I'm not, I won't tell you what I'm doing, but basically I've narrowed it down to two movies and I've narrowed it down to one that I want to see, which yeah. I haven't seen, or a film which I watched and I didn't like. Oh. So I'm like, both would be interesting because one of them, one of them you've definitely seen, the other one, the one I haven't seen, you might not have seen okay. because it's a little bit more indie, a little bit more like obscure, only a tiny bit. So I'm like, oh, that might be good. You know, we might not have seen it. I haven't seen it. Blah blah blah. The other one is a movie I don't really like that much. But then to go to it. So oh, which movie? Which, which movie is the most different to Backdraft? <sighs> Are they both really different? Yeah, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with the one that is the most forward in future because I just think it would be good to get a film uh, as like as close to 2021 20, now as possible. A yeah, more modern one. So, yeah, so I'm going to go with the more modern one. There's not a lot in it, but actually, but so my mind's made up. Do you want to have a little guess at what I might have done? Okay, so let me think actors first. Um, so... De Niro, we've had a few De Niro's. Um, De Niro films, haven't we? we? We've had a few De Niro's. Yeah, we've Stardust. Uh, we had a Stardust and Machete. Machete, yeah. So we've mm. we've had him as a connection before. That doesn't mean you can't have him as a connection again, um, mm. but I feel like you wouldn't have done that. Um, William Baldwin isn't in much that I would like, um, so I'm guessing no. Kurt Russell's a good shout. Who was our... Oh, no, it was GT, JT Walsh, wasn't it? We forgot to mention, actually, uh, Marty Swayzak in this was our connection uh, for last week's film. 
Um, oh, good shout. Yeah, we've got to get him in there. Good yeah. Um, I'm thinking, actor-wise, you've gone with Kurt Russell. You'd be spot on. Yes, get in. Okay. Well done. Last week you got it. Um, you got actor and I did, didn't I? Yeah, yeah. I don't put the pressure on. Um, that was mental. So, hmm, the only thing I, 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 the only recent ones I can really think of are the Christmas Chronicles, which I don't think you would have gone with, um, <laughs> because it's but Christmas has passed. Although you might have, um, Hateful Eight. Um, obviously, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, which we've already done, and he's in the second Guardians movie. Um, I think it's between. Oh, oh, there's that. Ah. Is this the one you liked or you hadn't seen? It's the one I hadn't seen. I've got a feeling. I don't know if you've seen the Guardian movies. I don't think you have. But there's another film he's in called Bone Tomahawk. I'm going to go for that. You'd be spot on yes! Bone Tomahawk. Get in. Get in. Well done. Have you seen it? No. And I really want to. Oh, that's cool. Okay. I'm glad I went with this then. Yeah. I'll tell you what. That was really well worked out. Well done. Um, so I'll tell you the other movie I was going to go with. Um, yeah. So I was going to go with The Hunger Games. Oh, right. Um, yeah, yeah. With and, like, Donald I Sutherland? Really see, I mean, yeah, Donald Sutherland, boom, you're on fire, Dan. Yeah. Um, and like basically, I thought, oh, that might be quite good to watch a film I, I didn't really like, but I know it's got to be following. And, mm. and what do you like that film? Um, indifferent, I think. If I remember, I, yeah. I don't remember being liking it or hating it. I don't, yeah, it's yeah, fine. But <laughs> it's neither here nor there now yeah. because the next movie you're going to watch is, is Bone Tomahawk, Mate, uh, a cowboy adventure. I'm gagging to watch this. I've nearly watched this a few times and I can't remember why not. But Again, uh, I'm part of a uh, Facebook group about films, um, and someone mentioned it the other day, saying how underrated is film. More people need to see it. Um, oh, so I am gagging to see this. Nice. Um, it, it appears on Amazon Prime. So uh, you know, you, me, people at home can, can watch it on Amazon Prime. Um, and yeah, I'm excited to see it. Uh, I, I watched the trailer just before we started recording tonight, and um, I'm like, oh, it does look pretty cool. It does, doesn't um, it? You know, yeah. And, and actually, we haven't done a cowboy movie yet. Uh, so that'll be good to you know get our teeth into, and it's cool that you haven't seen it actually, because like I say, I haven't either, and that'll be good to have a fresh pet. Is this the first on. one neither of us have seen? Um, no, Midnight Cowboy. We were fresh ah, to, yes, yes, um, yes, yes, just yes. off the top of my head. Yeah. But, I mean, most of the movies either you or, or me have seen. Um, so this is this is you know refreshing really, and um, you know, mate, great choice. I'm it. so glad you chose this <laughs> over Hunger Games. Oh. So glad. Yeah, I'm glad, mate. I'm glad. And we love Cat Russell, so like, why not let's watch another one of his films? <laughs> Amazing. And I think I already know which film I'm going to go for the week after. Nice. Well, like I say, exciting stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, um, all good stuff. And Amazing. I look forward to watching it and chatting to you, mate. <laughs> well, everybody, watch it on Amazon Prime. Um, let us know what you think. And um, we will chat about it next week. Yeah, and also, final little note, it's actually Dan's birthday tomorrow, so happy birthday, Dan. Thank you, mate. Thank you very uh, much. That's right, mate. And, um, uh, you know, I know you can't, I can't do loads, but I hope you have a good one, whatever it is you do, you know, it'd be good just, you know, being with your family. It's a good excuse to be antisocial and watch movies on your birthday, which is what I'd want to do anyway. Happy day, so it's all <laughs> come together perfectly, your, your master plan. So yeah, exactly. have a good one, mate. Enjoy. Appreciate and, it, um, mate. 
No worries. And I'll, I'll look forward to speaking to you next week when I'm even older. <laughs> that sounds good, mate. All right. Have a good one. See you later, Dan. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, everyone. <laughs>